Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> Thursday night, it's Totally Driven Radio, everybody. That's right, it's Totally Driven Thursday. So that means it's time to get freaking driven. So we're going to do it for you. We're going to drive you. Maybe a little crazy, maybe a little, uh, you know, funny, maybe a little this, maybe a little that, but we're going to drive you fucking somewhere where that may be. I just don't know, but stay tuned and we'll figure it out together. So anyway, there you go. It's Thursday. My name is Peter Ragney, and along by my side, I got uh, two very good uh Long-time friends of mine, and, uh, you know, I enjoy uh, our Thursday nights together because that's the only time I get to talk with you guys. We've got one who's probably possibly down in Wawa, and we have one who's out in the desert. So let's welcome to the show Mr. Jimmy Jennings and Mr. Nick Wilkinson. What's going on, guys? What's up? I am not at Wawa. He's not at Wawa. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on? I was at Wawa this yeah. morning. No, I'm in Wawa today. Long week. You know what? It's been <laughs> it's a very long week. A very uh, it's been like a mentally draining week, uh, and. I, I can't even imagine um, them fucking people in Vegas, man. That whole, that whole Las Vegas thing is just fucking insane. Plus, we've lost uh, we lost a couple legends this week. We we lost uh, Mr. Tom Petty. We lost Monty Hall. Oh, did he? Did he know? Yeah. Who, who were you thinking? Who, who am uh, I missing? The other, the other legend, I was Lance Russell, passed away. Oh yeah. Is that the wrestling jabroni? Uh, he's not a jabroni. <laughs> he was one of the greatest commentators. Without Love a doubt. Lance. Love Lance Russell. <laughs> 
I think yeah. that's before my time. No, he was in. He was a Memphis commentator. It wasn't before your time. He's he was commentating all the way up until the nineties. He worked for he WCW. Did WCW too, didn't he? Yeah, he worked for WCW, and then uh, uh, probably ninety three. I think he retired. Fully. Somewhere in there. Oh yeah. I think '93 might have been like right when I started watching WCW, like right around yeah. that time frame. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't discover wrestling until later on in life. I mean, you know, as a kid, of course, I knew who Hulk Hogan was and Andre the Giant, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Sure. Oh yeah, no, Lance was one of the uh, great commentators. If you want to see, you want to see some great commentary and just. Just to see what kind of what a kind of commentator he was, watch the Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk empty arena match. Okay. Lance Russell was the commentator on that. Did you see? Um, they're doing uh, they're doing Lance Russell's services this Saturday, and uh, Lawler had an appearance scheduled at a convention. I think up this way. I mean, was it maybe Legend of the Ring or something this weekend? I'm not sure. But I saw he canceled his appearance to go uh, to be at the services, which I thought was really uh, stand up. Yeah, well, they've been they've been like the greatest friends since the sixties. I mean, you know, since Waller started, I mean, been, you know, back and forth with each other. So, yeah, absolutely. Shame. Yeah, he was he was he was definitely a, a legend in the business. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, I was actually um, yesterday. Um, I, I've been just, I've been in, like in a weird fucking mood, or just like kind of like in my head, like just kind of like in a limbo, and it's kind of like unfocused lately. And um, I've been just like kind of like surfing YouTube, and um, came across some. Uh, uh, you know how it's got like a little section on the side. It's like re- uh, recommended videos, and somehow it, it, one was a a shoot on um, uh, it was New Jack. It was a clip of a, a New Jack shoot shooting on Missy Hyatt, and then that just spawned like two hours of me just listening to like shoot interview clips and stuff and all, and, and it's just kind of fun and entertaining. Um, but one of the things I was listening to was uh, was Flair tell stories of Andre the Giant, which was really funny. Um, hey, he, how you how like you know the big drinker Andre was, and um, how he would like sit and drink a hundred cans of beer or a hundred bottles of beer at one sitting, and um, how when he would walk into a bar and see Andre there, he would just be like, "Oh no," because. Andre would get you to like just sit with him and drink, and he wouldn't let you leave. And he, he was just like, you knew you were in for it. You were stuck with drinking with Andre. Yeah. Now I I find myself all the time listening to uh, Jim Cornette shoot uh, like little things from his podcast, you know, five ten minute little rants or whatever he was doing on the certain things. And they're just hilarious. Yeah, Coronet's, uh I, I I should listen to his thing because I always enjoy Coronet. Yeah. 
shit tone like it is. I don't agree with everything he says, but most of it. <laughs> if, it's, if it's about the wrestling business, then yeah, I believe it. You know, or I, I'm, I'm with him, but yeah, most of his other shit. Because he's like a real liberal. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it, it was it's kind of funny the way like it worked out yesterday because. Um, we went out last night to go uh, drop off some more magazines, and we went and we went back over to Jersey to hit um, a couple stops I had lined up in Jersey that we couldn't get to last week. And one of them places was the ECWA um, Wrestling School, right. and uh, their trainer is uh, Mr. Stetson, Tony the Hitman Stetson. So um, we ended up hanging out there for Christ like uh, hour and a half, just shooting a shit with Tony. It was so good to talk to him, and he's doing really well. He looks good. But yeah, he's um, got hair back. Yeah, his hair. You know, we we were talking about that. He he was, you know, he was telling us like, you know, how you know, uh, Christ, I guess it was like five six years ago. He went through a divorce and all, and um, yeah. he was saying, you know, at, at, he was kind of like lost for a few years. Like he just, he said he just kind of like sat home. And just worked and went home, worked and went home, did nothing. But the one thing he did do was buy a motorcycle. And that became like his, he said, like his mistress was his motorcycle. But he said at one point he just like, you don't even know why, he just shaved his head. And then he just kept shaving it and shaving it. And it just like, just because it just came habit. Um, And I said to him, I said, Tone, when you put that picture up, when you were bald, I was like, oh my God. Tony lost his mind. He flipped his lid. He looked psychotic, and he started laughing. <laughs> when I he was bald when I uh, was supposed to work with him for uh, when Frank brought back Liberty. Right, that's what he's saying. It's not happening. Yeah, and he was bald then. And it's just like when I first when I walked in the dressing room and I saw him, I was like, I I, I didn't quite know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't because at the time I saw him before, you know, he had a full head of hair. It wasn't anything, you know, he wasn't losing his hair or anything like that. Uh, you know, I don't even know if it went gray or or whatever. But either way, it was just a sight. It was really yeah. I so. I told him, I said, dude, that was not a good look. He said so. His new girl, the girl he's with now, um, uh she's the one that talked him into growing the hair back. And so he's been growing the hair back and he told her, he said, look, it's either going to be all or nothing. He's like, so now I'm just going to let this shit grow. Um, so it's growing, but now in the front of his head is thin. <laughs> so he, it's just starting to fill in, but he's got like a real bad receding hairline now, but it's starting to fill in and, and grow over and he, you know, but yeah. whatever, fuck it. I don't give a fuck. But it was it was it was he was asking for you though we were had fun catching up and it's good to see him, but um he wants to get back in the ring. I'm like, dude, you're out of your fucking mind. What do you want to get back in the ring for? He's like, he's 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 older now, isn't he? Like close to fifty five. He's fifty eight. Oh, is he? Oh shit. Fifty eight. Yeah. I thought he was ten years older than I was. I, that's. No, nah, more than that. I, I mean, so he's eleven years older than me. Right. <clears throat> but I, I'll tell you what, like, 
going in there last night, um, they had there was four students there training at him, and um, like I had to get out of there. Like I, I immediately found myself like trying to help instruct, and I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck am I doing?" Like they they were doing something, and I'm just like, I said to Tony, "I'm like Tony, that does not look good." I'm like, "He's gonna break his fucking neck." They were like trying to create moves. And this one move, like this weird, awkward, like chicken wing DDT they were trying to do, the way they were doing it, I'm like, dude, he's going to snap oh, yeah. his fucking neck. And, and Tony's like, what are you doing? He's like fucking hollering at him. Um, and then they were doing this other thing. And, and, I'm, and I'm just like, I start speaking up and I'm going to be like, what am I doing? Like, I haven't been in a ring in fucking like, over 10 years. Like, I need to shut my mouth. <laughs> you can't help yourself, man. You see, you see some stupid shit sometimes, especially with these kids nowadays. And I say kids, you know. Oh, they're dude, they're 16 like years 20, old. 25, yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're kids. But I say kids, but they're not. But, but yeah, they, these, if you give a shit, they see something on TV, or they see these Japanese fucks or these, uh, these, these uh, Lucha Libre guys. And these Lucha Libre guys have been rolling around and doing this, even though they're fucking 500 pounds, some of them. They've been rolling around since they were in the fucking crib. So I don't want yeah. to hear this shit. You know, oh, I saw this 500-pound guy doing it. He just didn't fucking do that yesterday. Smug. Yeah, this uh, is true. They're doing shit that they should not be doing. But it's a cool little setup he's got there. I mean, he's got like a little, it's, it's, uh, it probably holds probably like 50 people, you know, to come to see yeah. shows. They do shows every Thursday night, which is a cool idea. Yeah, they said, I saw the, the, one of their little things, the spot shows. Um, yeah. Yeah. When, I, when Bruno told me about it, because Bruno, uh, I think Bruno, Detaglio called me about it, or told me he's about it. He'll always be Bruno. Yeah, he'll always be Bruno. Uh, and you know what's scary, dude? There is a guy, honest to God, named Mike Bruno that lives down here and looks exactly like him and talks like Rocky. Is he Mike Bruno with or without hair? The dude's got a little more hair than Bruno had back in the day. He's got it. Imagine Bruno with hair now. That's what he looks okay. like. That's what the okay. guy looks like. But a younger version of him. And it really does. I'll send you a picture of the dude. Um, anyway, when Bruno told me about he was he was opening a school, I was like, you're not training people, are you? <laughs> he came back with, no, Stetson's going to be training. I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> you're good. That was my first response. You're not training people, are you? Dude, he couldn't work his way out of a wet paper bag when he was young. Yeah, I I even said, like, what what the fuck is Bruno thinking? Um, And even even Stetson was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But, (laughs) I mean, he's he's trying to make a fucking go of the thing. God bless him. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Stetson's like, I, he goes, I, I've told him, he goes, Mike, you might have to face the fact that you might need to get a real job at some point. <laughs> yeah, right? You would think after all these years, he would have had one. You know, he, yeah, that kid's been in, uh, that dude's been in everything you could possibly imagine. Including the hair club for men. Yeah, yeah I, he, but he sold that business. I know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, He's been involved in everything. What the hell is he doing? 
But that's what he does. Like he'll he'll get a business going and then he'll unload it. You're a schmuck. <laughs> the hardest part is getting the business started. Once it's going and it's and it's making money, what the fuck are you selling it for? I don't know. I, I... <laughs> Unless you enjoy torturing yourself and getting these things going to where they're up and running and going, everything's great and they're making money, and then you're like, I'm bored with it. Here, take it. Right. Uh, Maybe that's what he thinks he's going to do over there. I don't know. Who knows? God bless him either way. I always felt bad for Tony for getting shelved with him. I always felt bad for Tony. <laughs> I told Tony that. Too. Oh, you know? Because there was three teams. There was three teams that were created for a specific reason. Okay. And you know what three I'm talking about. There was the Hitmen. There was yeah, the Confederacy. Was right. And then there was Hot Body and Red. Oof. Now, I know why I was created. But I was put with Rebel. We all know why I was put with Rebel. <laughs> Red yeah. was put with because of Red's mouth. Right. That was a torture, and I felt bad for Red for that too. I always, I always told him that too. And Tony was stuck with Mike because Mike was so bad. <laughs> they were hoping that Tony would make them better, and not even Tony made that miracle happen. <laughs> oh man, do you know what's scary? And I was saying this to Tony last night, like as I was there, and I started calculating in my head. It was, it was two weeks ago. It was like two weeks ago this week or whatever. Twenty-seven years ago. <laughs> bottom line: September twentieth, nineteen ninety. So twenty-seven fucking years ago is when I started wrestling school. So I've known you for twenty-seven years now, Janetti. I'm sorry. <laughs> It's it's been like almost thirty for me. Wow. It'll be thirty soon. I think this May is thirty. It's crazy, man. That was a long fucking time ago. What? We were those kids in that ring. Yeah, I know. But I don't think we were that stupid. Well, maybe we were. No, nah, I don't think we were. <laughs> We'd love to think We'd love to think we weren't I, I don't know oh, I can't say We'd have to ask Tony <laughs> But it was fun it, it was it was definitely fun stopping in there last night And I'm and I, you know what I'm not even going to say it too Like as soon as we walked in that place I just saw t- Tony's whole face just lit up He was like He looked like a kid on Christmas And, and um, it, it, it was so much fun man I wish you were there Jeanette You know fucking hang out and bullshit well, that, I think more so than anything of, of the wrestling is, uh, you know, why we miss it so bad is, is one of the things is the people. You yeah. know, I miss it. Every time I saw Tony, I love seeing Tony. You know, the last yeah. few times that I've seen um, you know, When Larry was, was back and, and came to, to the ECW A thing, I, I was there. Mm-hmm. I love seeing those guys in the early Tri-State stuff. So... Yeah, it's always fun. Yeah. 
good times. A lot of good times, man. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, so uh, this whole Vegas thing, man, like, it, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's, so, it's such a fucked up situation, but I, I, maybe I was saying this to you, Nick, like, the, the one thing that kind of shocked What's me with that? the whole thing, um, like, almost kind of like it took so long for a situation like this to happen. Well, I want to know. I, you know what? Honestly, it took so long for a situation like this to happen because it's, it's 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 pretty much an impossible situation if you think about it. That's why right now, I mean, if you go on the internet, there are so many conspiracy theories about this shit now because oh, yeah. they're saying there's two shooters, there had to be two shooters, blah blah blah, this and that. And that. Dude, how do you knock out those windows? So you've been to, you've been to we've all been to casinos we've all been in those hotel rooms. How do you get those fucking windows out and not have the casino know about it? Right. Yeah, because you you would have figured uh, he's smashing them out. You would think somebody down below would glass flying would say, "Hey, like what the fuck?" Yeah, I, I don't I, you know. And the other part of it is, how the fuck is he building these? Uh, uh, what did he say? They they said they uh, they built on each other some kind of like yeah some kind of, of contraption to to be able to lay down I guess and and shoot out the window. How are you not going to hear something like that? How do you get the fucking wood upstairs? <laughs> well, you know what? I I actually today um, there was a video. It was actually from CBS News, but it was on TMZ. Uh, like an interview with uh, the guy's brother out in his driveway. It was like a half hour long, and I sat and watched it. Because um, TMZ was like, you know, the brother, he's like all over the place, and he's like rambling crazy things and all this. And I'm watching it, and I'm thinking to myself, no, he's not. Like, he's he's like all over the place because, it, first off, it, it's his brother. And his brother just... He did die. Like his brother just fucking killed himself, and his brother committed this horrible like, crime and killed all these fucking innocent people and hurt hundreds and hundreds more. Like, of course, this dude's gonna be distraught and like fucking all over the place. Like, who wouldn't be? Like, I can't imagine what this poor guy's going through. But I, I would. I wouldn't be one that would talk to the fucking press at all, especially oh, man. him. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I mean, it, I. I, I uh, you wouldn't see me go out of my house for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he's out in his driveway with a cup of coffee talking to all these fucking people. And he's just going the fuck off. And um, and I'm just kind of like, everything the guy's saying, I'm like, you know, like, it, it's just fucked up. Like, and the, the one thing, like, that really was, is weird about the whole situation, like, this guy, uh, this fucking shooter guy... He, the brother kept saying, and it's been in the media, like how he was like this. Uh, he had all this money, and I, I, they never said how this guy made his money. But the brother kept saying, like, how he like made millions of dollars, and he was able to take care of his his mom and his brothers or whatever, and they're all like retired, and the the brother was paying for everybody, and. 
this dude was just like kind of like sounds like he was just flying around and living out of hotels for the most part, the guy was saying. And like almost like a professional gambler. Like he would spend thousands of dollars a hand gambling and, and just fucking and, and eating thousands of dollars of food a meal. And and he said because he would spend so much money and and this truth and, and I'm sure anybody out there who like I, I know this not on a personal level, but I know people who have done this. Like once you start doing all this shit in the casino, like the casinos want you to come because you're spending all this fucking money there and they start comping all this shit. And he's like, you know, my, my brother would get these fucking casinos to basically pay him to come there because he was spending so much money. Well, now I, what people are saying, they don't know how he made his money, whether he made it on gambling, whether he made it, whatever he did. Uh, But they also had said that his father was a bank robber. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, it's quite possible that whatever happened, Daddy died and told Junior where the fucking fortune was. You know? That's true. So, who knows? You know, this could be a great fucking story. No offense to, to, you know, sadder all those people died and were injured and all this other stuff. But this could be one hell of a fucking, you know, story of, of... you know, it's going to be a strong. movie. You know, without a doubt, they're oh, going to make sure. this into a movie. But I, I just don't understand how he got the wood into the hotel. Now I understand, you know, the guns. I'm sure, but how how big was the fucking baggage that this motherfucker was picking up there? Yeah. Well, like, like what the brother was saying. He goes, you know, he goes. You, you, everybody's saying, like, how did he get all these guns into a hotel? He goes, he goes. He probably just do, does what he normally does. He'll go to a hotel with a bunch of bags. And I'll give the you know the doorman or whatever the, the the fucking guy here here's a hundred dollar bill he goes and they'll carry whatever you want in he goes they're in bags you don't know what's in them fucking bags and and it makes perfect sense and that's exactly pretty much what I was thinking too. Yeah. Yeah, that's just you know a lot of that's on the hotel because not having that type of security to. Be able to know that your windows are being taken out. You know, I, I know. I wonder. Yeah, but I wonder if now, like, um, are our hotels or casinos going to start putting? Which I don't even know if they'd have them. Like, um, uh, metal detectors. You know what I mean? Like, no, I wouldn't say metal detectors. But you know what? It'd be a little bit smarter because you know, when certain times when a window's broken out, they have some kind of sensors. You know, some of these things have sensors that when a window breaks or something like that, people know. You know, right. they have some kind of alarm that'll go off or something like that. Right. Which these they're not openable windows. None of those windows are openable. No. So they should all be alarmed. You know, if that's the case, these these fucking casinos are spending billions of dollars on these on these making these things, they should at least have some kind of security, you know, to where if a window is shattered out, that, that you know, it alerts somebody somewhere. Because didn't it take them like 20 minutes to, to for the authorities to get to his room or something? They didn't know where he was. They couldn't see. They had, uh, I believe, they had, uh, the only way they saw was from the muzzle flash when it was coming. Right. So, you know, then they couldn't figure out where the fuck he was. 
you know, then you have to, when you see him outside, because, you know, honestly, it doesn't say what floor he's holding or where he is exactly. So they have to go ahead and say, like, okay, he is here, and I'm sure they had problems. Right. But again, if again, if there was some kind of alarm on the window, the hotel would have been notified that their window was shattered out and would have, you know. Right. Uh, it, known a lot quicker where he was. Yeah, exactly. Or that something was going wrong or something was going on. You know, because he'd have to take out those windows long before he even started laying down to, to start shooting people. Right. So sensors on those windows would have saved a lot of people's lives, you know. Especially if he didn't realize there were sensors on there and shattered out the windows and the alarm went off, <laughs> and it's like, so. You know, no, what, dude, no. I'm I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one, and I'll tell you why. It's not okay. that I don't think that sensors on the windows are a good idea, because it totally is. But the way people are nowadays, those, you know, a kid's in a hotel and he breaks a window and the alarm goes off. And then somebody's moving furniture around and they break the window and the alarm goes off. After a while, these people, they get complacent security and stuff like that. And I guarantee you that, like, the alarm wouldn't have gone off and they would have went running. You know what I mean? They would have made a call up to the room. They would have scheduled a maintenance guy to go check it out. It wouldn't have, it still wouldn't have been until shots were fired, until people realized what the fuck was going on, because it's so out of the ordinary. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, they would have never yeah. thought that that's what was happening. I mean, you're totally right that the sensors would, you know, totally work, but I just, people are too complacent and... They just well, you, it off. It, you know what I mean? You said it to yourself. How many times did they actually? How many times did these windows actually shatter, or something happens right. that the window will break right. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a hotel like that? So I, I don't think. Now I understand what you're saying exactly. It's like people in a fucking parking lot when somebody's car alarm is going off. You're like, ah, you fucking idiot! You set the car alarm right. off. You know. So yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying, and I agree with that completely. But in that I don't think that it happens that often that one of those windows shattering wouldn't send off some kind of alarm bells downstairs to the hotel. Especially, it, it wouldn't have taken him so long to figure out where he was. Well, I think when you look at the time frame, the thing that yeah. took the longest wasn't finding out where he was. They knew he was in the room for 45 minutes before they breached the room. You know what I mean? Oh, really? Like, there was when you look at the time frame, it was only like seven minutes or something like that from the time that the first shot was fired to the time they were outside of his door. But it took them so long to secure the area, make sure other guests were okay, try and sneak a look into the room to make sure they were safe. You know what I mean? Like that actually did take a, a ridiculously long time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and the the what's the name too? Uh, I wonder when they're finally going to fix them windows because I think they're still busted out. Well, they have. 
have to. As long as it's an active crime scene, they have to keep it as the way they are. I'm sure the fucking hotel wants to get back as quickly as possible. Come on, nobody wants to rent that room. Trust me. Right now, the Mandalay Bay has forty dollar hotel rooms on a Saturday night. <laughs> no, you, you know what? Bullshit. Trust me, people are going to want to stay at that fucking hotel, man. They're going to want to stay in that room because people are sick. People Absolutely. are sick fucks, man. It's like the same morons that go and, and, and all the time that go to, what is that, Ben Salem, that old closed asylum that they had uh, over there in, uh, oh, yeah, in Ben yeah, Salem. Yeah. That, they do. They want to go spend the night in that You have your mind? You know, but, yeah, they will do it, and they will pay hundreds of dollars to do it. Be in the room that this shooter was in. Oh, God, man. Once they, once they get it cleaned up and... and you know, this dissipates a little bit from, from people being so pissed about it. Trust me. It'll go. Hey, can I just say this? And look, we're all sympathetic for what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, we all think it was terrible. But not everybody that was shot at is a hero. I mean, some of them were just standing there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, like you, there's no heroism involved in being shot at. The heroism yeah. is in what you do after that. You know what I mean? Right. But, like, all of a sudden, right. everybody's a hero. Like, the one drunk guy holding his beer, giving the shooter the finger, is not a hero. Yeah. The drunk no. guy. He's <laughs> a schmuck. He's a schmuck. If he, he would have got shot in the head, people would have sat there and went, you're an idiot for not running. <laughs> and he would have drew attention to the people around him. Yeah, right? So, uh, yeah. The people that are heroes are the ones that selflessly uh, I can't even speak selflessly picked up people or grabbed people, ran, you know, that type of thing, or helped them, you know, try to keep them from dying, whatever the case. Yeah, that to me would say, I don't know about hero, but you know what I mean? That's, you know, uh, a, gr- a great thing. But yeah, but the people that, that sat there and, and, you know, were shot at and uh, no, they're not heroes. They're unfortunately everyday people who got shot at, and, and hopefully they got away. If not, I'm sorry. I'll tell you what. I when the you know with the all the videos and stuff out there, it sounded like a helicopter. That's what you know, I mean. It, that's what people probably yeah. thought. It was like a helicopter at first. Dude, I, I, I know what you mean. I was in the I was in the in the pawn business for a long time. You know that thing. I had uh, uh, federal firearms license numbers to sell uh, guns. I had never heard of this bump stock. It came after I left after I left the stores. Uh, so I had no idea what the hell they were talking about when they were doing this. They were saying some kind of stock caused this to be automatic. I'm like, that doesn't happen. There's no way. <laughs> and yeah, there's there's a little. Uh, but it does not sound like, uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know what a bump sock sounds like. But, yeah. Crazy. Shame. Fucking shame, mm-hmm. though. <clears throat> yeah. so, and then the, the, the next, uh, the big, uh, really big news of the week was um, the real sudden death of... Uh, Tom Petty, like, 
you know, and the, the whole, I, I think the even crazier part of that was like, you know, he was pronounced dead by the media, and he wasn't dead. And I felt really bad that Tom Pinkett's daughter came out and just blasted, um, you know, websites, especially Rolling Stone, for, you know, saying that he's dead when he was still clinging to life. And I was just like, oh, man, like, and the scary part was, like, I fucking knew it. Like, I, I, I saw, and I've always, I have always said this, unless fucking TMZ puts out there, <laughs> a person is dead. Don't believe it. And I was typing up the fucking uh, article about him passing away, and I kept checking, and TMZ had not confirmed it, and they hadn't confirmed it, hadn't confirmed it. But I'm seeing like fucking CNN and Rolling Stone and Billboard and all these fucking sites. I'm like, all right, well, I guess. And I fucking put it out there, and like an hour later, like. Tom Petty's daughter comes out, and I was just like, oh, like, I felt fucking horrible. I was just like, I knew it. I fucking knew it. I was so pissed at myself, and, and I felt so bad for her and the family and the fucking shame, but that's the world we live in now. It's just... Yeah, no, no, it's, you know what that is? That's, that is the 24-hour news machine of Wanting to be first with something, you know, some some fucking hospital employee called it in, called in a tip that Tom yeah. Eddie was unresponsive and blah 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 blah, and all these people went boom, ran with it. Oh, we got to be first with CNN and twenty four hour news. We got to be. It's all just bullshit, man. They don't they don't even report shit anymore. They report rumors most of the time. And hope it comes out right. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Overall, it's just a shame. And, you know, then I was thinking, like, with the whole, like, I don't know, maybe it's a fat guy in me or whatever. But usually I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, heart attack, you know, you think of somebody who's overweight. You know what I mean? And, and Tom Petty is fucking thin as a rail, like. What happened there? Like, what caused him to have a heart attack? And I'm just very fucking With curious. That, now. You don't know what his genetics were. He could be predisposed to heart disease and whatever else the case. May not have been taken sure, care I mean, of. Out on tour all the time. A, right. He could have led a rough, you know, earlier life and had, you know, shit. Just, I mean, drugs take a toll on you. You know what I mean? Like, even if you don't see it. Until years later, there's really just no way to know. Right. Yeah. So. Shame. It's a shame, man. Stress, it really is. you know, on your running tours all the time and running back and forth, especially at 66, you know, running <clears> around uh, doing all this shit. Even though he's the star, he's still going in the bus or going on the plane and going to all the cities and doing all the shit. Yeah. Hey, all I know is that the daughter is going to get a nice little payout because of uh, he, he jumped by like 6,000% on iTunes. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, have a, they have a radio uh, station on XM uh, that's Tom, Tom Petty Radio. Yeah, so. Oh, really? 
Yeah. And they've had that. They had that for two years at least that I know of. Tom Petty Radio. Yeah. So, and basically they do that. It's like the Grateful Dead channel. They they, uh, play like live stadium tours and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's not just his songs that he came out with on his album. Now, uh, it's funny cool. because Tom Petty, like, uh, has always, there's one thing that stuck out with Tom Petty um, with me um, when he first came out because, and, and I just, I re- it's something that stuck with me for, you know, 40 fucking years now. I remember it so vividly was um, the, the that album with him standing there with the, the red background, Damn the Torpedoes. Um, I was probably like 10, 11 years old. And we would go down Wildwood every summer for, you know, weekly vacation. Me, my mom with um, aunts, uncles, cousins, et cetera. And, um, you know, every night we would do the, the, the boardwalk walk up and down the boardwalk and do the rides and all that shit. But there was um, this one, it was kind of, I guess, kind of like an arcade, um, but it had different, like, you know, the, the wheel games. Spin the wheel and you put the fucking, your quarter on, back then it was a quarter, now it's $3, but... Uh, you put your quarter on the fucking number. If your number comes out, you win. And there was one wheel. Uh, it was like my big thrill every year to go to this one wheel because it was all albums back in the day of, of vinyl albums. And they would have like 30, 40 different fucking of the top albums of the day up. And I just remember that summer, Tom Petty's album being all over that. Not only that fucking wheel in that game, but... The, you know, another big thing down on the shore is T-shirts and iron-ons, especially back then in the you know like 70s, early 80s was fucking iron-ons. And everybody had that fucking Tom Petty album on their shirts. And I just remember all the girls wearing it. And back then it was like the when you would have like the shredded shirts with the sleeves with like little beads on it. And I just, I just remember that so vividly. I just remember being so pissed off because it was the same time that – um. Kiss Dynasty came out, and I'm like, "Fucking Kiss Dynasty's yeah! Don't these people realize who's this fucking Tom Petty guy?" Like, I just remember being so pissed off about it. But that it's just stuck with me for years. I'm 40 years. It stuck with me. Like, I just remembered it so vividly. That's funny. Yeah, Tom Tom Petty. I love listening to Tom Petty. I like to travel with Wilburys too. Basic stuff, man. It really is. Like I, I was going through today, and I was, um, which I didn't even. Nick, did you did you pick out top three songs? Oh uh, yeah, I'll have to send them over to you. So yeah, yeah, I was going through like you know Tom Petty's tunes, and uh, I was just like, holy shit! Like so many good fucking songs. Yeah, I was listening to uh, the radio station for the last couple of days. Uh, Tom Petty Radio. And something else too with Tom Petty, and, and I was thinking about this today. And I was going through like videos and shit on YouTube. You know, yeah, he he broke big before the whole true explosion of MTV, but he truly was one of them people that MTV fucking made. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um. With with those videos in the in the, the late eighties with him with the what was the one with the cake with the girl with the cake and 
Yeah, don't um, come around here no more when he did. Uh, yeah. Recreated like the Tea Party from the Mad Hatter gimmick. Right. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of his stuff. Uh, I won't back down, and, and a lot of those fucking uh, videos were just all was over the, MTV at the time. What was that one? Um, the animated one was that Running Down the Dream? Running Down a Dream? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and it was just, and his stuff was different than everybody else. Not even, not just the music. I mean, the music was. He was one that, like, really never changed his type of music over the years. Uh, but the videos were so much different than everybody else was putting out. You know, the animation, the, the girl cut, cutting up the girl with the cake. Right, right. Just, I mean, the stuff that he was doing was just weird, video-wise. So people drew to that. True legend. Yeah. True fucking legend. Shame. But the music lives on. Yeah, it's the, that's the thing, man. But the the music, uh, you know, the music never dies. Mm-hmm. So I mean, people like uh, like Tom Petty and all these people like that have left us this, these music or movies or TV shows, like that stuff will never die. It can always live on. So, I mean, it's like they truly, yeah, we won't get nothing new, but we always have that good old. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, no, it's not like he really did. He's not, was, I don't know if he's put out albums recently or, you know, he hasn't put out an album in a long time, I don't think. So I think mainly he was just doing, you know, the tour thing. Yeah, do, you, do you guys see when he played himself in The Postman? No. No. You ever see that with uh, Kevin Costner? It's like the end of the world and he's like the last post guy. It's, it's really a dumb movie. But at one yeah. point in time during the movie, they go to these, like, mountains, and the guy's letting them up on the list, and he's like, wait a minute, I know you. You used to be famous. And it was Tom Petty. He's like, yeah, I'm just trying to survive now, man. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, he, he played himself in it. It was, it was really weird. Kevin Costner has a, has a, a really thing of doing some weird-ass movies. Waterworld, Postman. <laughs> Uh, he wants to see the end of the world. I, I'll tell you what, too. The how, like, did you see the pictures of his daughter? I mean, she is the spinning image of him, which is may not be a good thing. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he had that weird, awkward, like overbite type thing going on, and she's got yeah. that. Like, it, it's kind of eerie yeah. looking at her. Like, how much alike they look. <laughs> No way denying that's your daughter. <laughs> yeah. Same hairline, you know? too. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, wow. You know, I mean, he's... That's a shame. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Nick, did you... um? 
Did you see a Chicago PD last night? I did. I saw it this morning. <clears throat> it was it was alright, but it wasn't the the, the the last week's episode was better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know what but I mean? how they, the that fucking guy, um, that cop, um, the one that him and Void are gonna be fucking button heads all season. Like that dude just oh, the gets, black guy? yeah, that dude gets yeah. under my skin so bad. Like you're just waiting for it. Hopefully, eventually, he just takes him out. He 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 did have a great line last night though, boy. At the very end of the show, when uh, the dude said to him, "You know, you you know when to uh, stay and you know when to run." And he's like, "I don't run, I just wait." <laughs> oh man! No, it's gonna be a good season. Yeah, totally. Now here was the uh, TV question I had for you because I, I keep seeing now the commercials for it. And uh, our, our girls in there. Um, uh, what the fuck's her name? The, the the dynasty. What's it like? A dynasty reboot they're doing. Oh, uh, Elizabeth Gillies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's got to be coming on soon, huh? Uh, I think next uh, week. Premiere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna get Joan Collins to appear. I, I, I mean, when they did the uh, when they did the Dallas remake, they got a surprising number of people to reappear. Yeah. Until. Uh, so, like what? It, like what is it? Is it is it just that? Is it a remake? Like are they like I don't understand. Like. It's a reboot. I don't know if I From like what that. I understand. Yeah, yeah. Is it a reboot or is it just like a continuation? Because Dallas, they did kind of like it was a continuation. It's it was, you know, however I, many years later. And, huh? The, re- the reason that I think it's a reboot uh, other than a continuation is that Elizabeth Gillies is playing Fallon Darrington. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, that's an established gotcha. character. Okay. Gotcha. With, the uh, the original Fallon was played by oh, I used to dig her. What was her name? She was also on. Was it Buck Rogers? There were, Aaron no, Gray? there were there were two of them. Yes. There was Pamela Sue Martin and Emma Sands. That's the one, Pamela yeah. Sue Martin. Yeah, and, Emma, yeah, she was in Buck Rogers. Emma Sam's left General Hospital to go do Dynasty. That was for the miniseries, yeah. Aaron Gray was Buck Rogers. Or, or no, maybe it was Battlestar Galactica. Let me... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wonder what she's up to now. Pamela Sue. Pamela Sue Martin, like, yeah. She always kind of played that bitchy role. Let's see. Uh, uh, yeah, she played Nancy Drew, too. That's who she played. 
Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Auntie Drew. Maybe that's who she did. I used to like the books, but I hated the fucking movies. No, she didn't play Buck Rogers. I could have swore she was like on Buck Rogers or something like that. Maybe you were just wishing she was on Buck Rogers in one of those tight spaces. (laughs) (laughs) Those tight white pants that they used to wear. Those uh, those, uh, zip-up bodysuits. Yeah, right. It was in The Lady in Red. Remember that movie? Those were what, Gene Wilder? Yeah, Gene Wilder. No, yeah. That was one of the many ones that he didn't do with Richard (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's all way before Nick's time. Yeah. Yep. We're we're showing our age here, Nick. (laughs) Oh, man. Are you kidding? I just remember it from Netflix from last week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, Netflix still, baby. So what's going that's on that's this that's weekend? Good. On the Saturday, um, uh, the big Rock Allegiance concert. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say you're not going. Uh, Nick, you know what? That limb would hold you very tightly, my friend, because you're correct. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've. It's just not worth the risk anymore. Anyone want to bet how much security is going to be added to that? Oh, oh. I bet. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's the the thing that they dreaded the most. Uh, people in in government, uh, you know, the, the law enforcement, the soft target being attacked. Yeah. And, and what makes the Vegas thing so scary is it's not like he got into the venue with the gun. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like he did it from outside the venue. There's nothing you can do to stop that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. It's just. Fuck that. I was in Vegas like a, a month ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I don't think now, I'll be back now, to be for fair, a while. To be fair, now, if it was me, I don't know about you guys, but I wouldn't be caught dead in the concert, let alone near it. <laughs> so, even if I was in Vegas. <laughs> I am not a country music fan. At all. I like some country music, but none of that. Yeah. Even though now I did I did work for uh, Jason Aldean at the Roanoke Civic Center, uh, doing stage production uh, when he came. Through. But yeah, I wasn't at the concert <laughs> at all. <laughs> I went home and came back and it was over. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, like I and that's like going back to that. Like I feel bad for that dude, man. I mean, yeah, the whole fucking thing. Dude, what if he was going for him? (laughs) Right. 
<laughs> and he, the guy ran off stage. He's like, pissed. Fuck. All right. Everybody dies. You know? <laughs> what I feel, if it's going for him? I feel bad for the dude, though, because there's forever there's going to be fucking footage of him running off stage. But, like, what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like, Fuck yeah. Like, really? But, like, you know from now, people will use that to make fun of him. A year from now? I Yeah, okay. By, next week. By Halloween. <laughs> by the end of our show. <laughs> right. Exactly. By, you, by Halloween. Yeah. No. You know what they'll have? They'll have memes of, like, his back facing us. And we'll go on the last Jason Aldean concert I saw. Thank um, <laughs> <laughs> <like> God. <laughs> But there was a dude. I was listening to another. There was one of the country, one of the other country artists, and I can't think of who it was. Uh, he put out something that, you know, his uh, his security guy had uh, his security people had guns there, uh, and they were useless. So he doesn't understand why there can't be gun, more gun control. And I was like, yeah, they're useless because <laughs> they protected you. Did you die? There you go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> they weren't supposed to protect everybody else, dude. <laughs> they were there for you. <laughs> Don't be a schmuck. Oh, that's too funny. You know what was fucked up? Um, here in Philly, um, yesterday morning, before I left for work, I was sitting, I was watching uh, the morning Fox uh, News here in Philly, and... Um, they had uh there was a couple from Philly that were out at that concert celebrating their wedding anniversary dude it was so awkward they had this couple on live in the studio with a grief counselor and they're trying to talk to them and i mean you can st- you can see they're fucking like distraught like <laughs> I, I mean, I felt so bad for him. I, I kept saying to Jess, I'm like, the husband, like, I, I got to find the video clip of this because you see the husband's face. You can just see, like, he's checked out. Like, he's, he, they're visibly upset. You, I mean, they were saying, like, they were seeing, like, fucking people getting pegged in the head, like, by them and just dropping. And, and they're just, and I'm thinking to myself, really? Like, He's fucking hunted these people down and got them, put them on fucking TV, and like they should not be on TV. And meanwhile, the grief counselor was like, uh, "The best thing for you to do is to talk about it." And this, I'm just like, "Oh, why don't you just fucking like put them on the receptor bus and even more? Why don't you?" I'm like, "Jesus right, Christ!" Give them each paintball gun, tell them to sit together. Yeah. Like, oh man, oh, it was, man, it was rough. It was really rough, man. I felt so bad for this fucking couple, like. They, they 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 didn't need to be on there. <laughs> it's the last place they should have been, really. But you know what, dude? That's like you see all these people on Facebook. If I was there, I would have ran to my car and got my gun. And like you're just like, if you've never been shot at, if you've never had an M16 firing next to you, if you if you've never seen somebody get pegged with a bullet and go down in a mist of blood. You know what I mean? Like, you can't fucking tell me what you're going to do. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to prepare yourself for it whatsoever. Right. Especially when you don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. Yeah. 
You just at any minute you know you could be next. Exactly. You know, the guy's not there. You can tell he's not there because you don't see anybody standing there shooting people. You know, so you don't know where it's coming from. If you stand up from maybe you get some good cover. If you stand up, you could be written, you know? So, yeah. Right. I wouldn't be standing up firing. Now, if there was, you know, if I had my gun and there was somebody uh, within distance, as long as I wasn't seen, I would try to disarm the guy, you know, and kill him. But if, no, if I didn't know where the shit was coming from, I wouldn't move. I'd get myself some good cover and not fucking move. And that's the thing, though, too. I mean, like, just because you have a gun doesn't necessarily mean you're going to do anything with it either. You know what I mean? Like, like, right. like, if you've never pulled a gun on somebody, then, like, that's not the time to do it for the first time. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> never. It, it, and even if the not, guy, all right, let's say, let's say the guy did get his gun and he did know where the guy was. Trust me, that Glock 9 that you pulled out of your fucking car is not going to reach a 32nd floor of Mandela Bay. Uh, The stupidity factor for people amazes me. That doesn't amaze me anymore. I I just, I mean, come on, you're not used to the stupidity going on in this fucking country right now in this world? I mean, you know, there's common sense, too, and people just don't have it. Uh, No. I think I, I, I saw a meme the other day that really summed it up. I think it said something like, common sense isn't so common. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, there was somebody that I heard that from actually, that was a while ago. Uh, they said if everybody, if, if common sense was so common, everybody would have it. Yeah, exactly. So he's, he's like, you know, not everybody has it. Can't call it common sense. This is true. So, all right. Well, guess what? Let's look at our first guest is here. He's uh, he's on the line. So let's get him on here onto the show. Let's welcome to the show. Let me see if I say this right because I pronounce names pretty badly. Let's welcome to the show from the band The Shape, Mr. Brian Almeida. Did I say that right? You are one of very few people to say that right off the bat, my man. You got it. How about that? Look at that. <laughs> What's going that? on, man? Uh, no, I feel much better than Dude I'm sorry? Dude so like uh, Fucking albums out there It's kicking ass Like lighting up billboard charts How freaking stoked are you Very stoked man We had, I think it was uh, Three weeks total or something on billboard That we uh, came out of the gate with Which was awesome It's our first charting uh, entry After uh, this is our fourth album since uh, 2008 or nine, nine, 2009. Uh, so it's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. And we're ultra proud of this particular record. We spent a lot of time on this one, about a year and change, getting everything right and just doing like festivals and shows here and there, as opposed to going out on the road full length. Yeah. You know, I was going to say like, uh, going through stuff and on, and like you said, you guys have been around for like 10 years, and um, it seems like now with this album, like uh, going through, I was listening to older stuff and all and, and to the new stuff and like your whole, like not only just with the music, but the whole course of action for this album, it's like complete growth. It's like a whole new 
uh, way of going things. I mean, the music just has sounds more mature and grown. The whole method to your madness on the business part seems more, you know what I mean? Like it's a whole new uh, outlook. It sounds like for you guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's, uh, you know, <laughs> with each album we set out to, uh, you know, we had, we had certain things in mind of how we wanted it to sound more so than anything else. And, this time around, we wanted it to be the most accessible thing that we could while also making it the heaviest and the most melodic thing we could. Um, so over the course you know, of the past 10 years, we kind of honed in on you know, how to craft songs overall as best as possible can, maybe not having this spastic change over here, this crazy progressive section or suite here making shorter songs, things like that, so that everybody can enjoy it, but not, you know, taking away the identity of what we do as a whole. There's still all those kind of things in there, but they're just peppered in here and there, and it's it's quite a bit more refined. Did, did you get, like, scared at all? I, I, well, here, here you go. I'm gonna, I'll compare it to, like, because um, your older stuff is definitely heavier and all, so it's kind of like when Metallica made the Black Album. So this is kind of like your guys' Black Album, so to say. And, you know, a lot of them hardcore uh, Metallica fans were getting pissed at Metallica, saying, oh, they wussed out and all. So did you think to yourself, like, the Shape fans who are used to us being heavier and not as melodic are going to be, like, pissed off or turned off? On one hand, I I wouldn't say I was afraid or any of us were afraid because we just kind of do what we do. But it definitely was in my head that this was our black album, <laughs> as you called it. Uh, that's, that's funny that you mentioned that because it's, it's like exactly how I think about it. But, you know, because our, our first record was a very spacey kind of big stoner record. Our second was a large, uh, you know, super death metal-y progressive metal album, like a death metal dream theater. Our last one was quite a bit more uh, stream. <laughs> more like European metal bands like Soil Working in Flames. But for this, we really wanted to take the melodic stuff we did throughout and the hooky, catchy stuff and meld it with the super heavy stuff that we do. But also going and do a few different things. Like there's a song on the record called Anathema that's very poppy, and you would not hear that kind of a... I wouldn't call it like a Nothing Else Matters or something like that, but it's definitely, you know got very light singing there's no harsh vocals uh you know there's not a lot of distorted guitar at all and uh you know things like that and having acoustic tracks and and just the amount of melody and catchiness on there and and concise sections we definitely knew that we were we were uh you know pushing towards uh something more like that yeah now now how about that like i mean you're the singer and um with the vocals, it, it, it's amazing because the thing that amazes me with like a, a guy like you, like you can be one of them growlers or them screamers, but then you can sing your fucking balls off too, man. Like, and that always impresses me. Like guys like you, like you got a voice. You can you can sing. Yeah, you can truly sing. And then when you, a lot of times people wouldn't know it or expect it because they're hearing a lot more of the growl and scream. Yeah, and I honestly. I'll tell you this flat out. It is way harder to sing well and in different keys on point without help in the studio than it ever could be growling. 
not to take away from people who do that very, very well. It's something that I, you know, I started doing it because at first I wasn't as comfortable uh, with my singing voice and over 10, 12, 15 years of singing, I just got it to the point where I've gotten it at and it's hard. And I think part of the evolution of our music also happens to do uh, to deal with the fact that I've been stretching my voice a lot and I also write, you know, the majority of the songs uh, with our drummer Pete. So, you know, having to write the melodies, I, I, I've gotten or grown to get uh, quite a bit more adventurous with the types of melodies we do and keys we play in and all that because uh, I'm more comfortable, you know, reaching for those notes and, and those things. Nice. Now, the name, the shape, like, where, where did that, like, come from? Um, well, <laughs> we are big horror movie fans. And, uh, man, I, I usually don't like to give it away, but I'll give it away. But um, in the original Halloween movie, Michael Myers uh, is credited as the shape. And Dr. Loomis calls him a big killing machine, a soulless killing machine or something to that effect. And uh, when we were thinking of a band name, uh, the co-founder of the band, Chris Carlino, and I were going through riffs um, and lyrics we had does it sound like what's right and and uh he said it sounds like a killing machine and that quote and the visual just kind of popped in my head i said the shape and we were looking for something kind of simple and classic you know a lot of metal bands um or even just bands in general will have like three four five words in their title bring me the horizon bury your dead uh you know between the buried and me blah 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 we wanted something that was unique but not um so out out of field that you're not going to remember it or that it's hard to remember. We wanted a classic sounding name, essentially, and they just kind of fit together. Now, how about the, the one thing, like, uh, I keep saying, like, on your guys' Facebook, too, like, uh, which I'm guessing this ties into that. Um, do you call the fans the children of the knife? I do, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that all ties in, I'm guessing, then, right? Absolutely. We're huge uh, horror fans and loosely, uh, ly- lyrically, uh, mostly from our second record, which is entirely about um, different horror films, either in tribute to them or in, uh, you know, extensions or reactions to the stories of those films. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a tip of the hat to that for sure. Which then I guess leads into um, Off of this album The new album which is called The World Away um, The first video you guys did uh, Devil in Your Eyes Which uh, It's got that horror movie feel to the video too For sure That was absolutely intentional We uh, That was I think we pitched a few different ideas Originally it we wanted it to be a kind of like a children of, uh, of the corn thing where, um, or like a riff on that where originally children were coming home around Halloween time. Uh, uh, we ended up moving the release of the album up. So instead of coming out on Halloween, uh, it was going to come out a little before, but they were going to be coming home around sunset after school, going through a cornfield and they were going to get socked into the middle of a circle where we would be playing. And it was kind of like a tip to that, but um, it was just 
such a complicated setup and finding the right place is really difficult where we're at here in Connecticut. Uh, so the second pitch was uh, kind of a nod to Thriller uh, with, in the beginning and the end, um, okay. mixed, with the, mixed with the Evil Dead, which is one of our favorite horror films for sure, with the, uh, the air evil uh, coming, uh, coming at people. I, you know, it's funny because I was going just uh, between watching the, the videos and listening to the tunes over and over. Um, I, I can't get that girl's voice out of my head screaming for Jerry in the beginning of the video. She <laughs> <laughs> was, was awesome, man. We put her and that dude through hell. <laughs> like, it, it was rough because the, the first part of the shoot was us uh, doing our, our performance parts. So, you know, we're starting you know, at like, uh, like seven thirty, eight o'clock at night, getting everything all set up. Took us maybe an hour and a half. And we thought it was hard because the song is, is a rough song. It's one of the, it's, it's in the beginning because it's one of the more technical songs that kind of bridges from our previous record into the new stuff. Uh, but you know, we were done and we were sweating and soaked and bloody and, and gross. And, but she, man, she had to run up and down all these mountains and through these trees and, and, get all this blood on her these weird fingernails and all all kinds of crazy stuff and both she and and Jerry were uh, very very cool they're actually uh, married (laughs) they're uh, a couple that are yeah oh that's funny that is funny that's good stuff man (laughs) (laughs) so now the the album like I said is called The World Away so What's that? Any little meaning behind that? Is is there a hard meaning to that, or something else? Um, there's yeah, there's definitely a hard meaning to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> essentially, with with lyrics, I kind of write, or I have a tendency to write in in layers where it means something to me, but it's open enough to interpretation where it's not like I'm me, you my this that you did this you did this. Um, so that the listener can relate to it. And title-wise, uh, I wanted to reflect that uh, with the lyrics to that particular song. Uh, it's funny because that song, the title track, World Away, was the last, second to last thing we did for the record. It was written in the studio literally after we finished, or I finished guitar tracks on everything. Um, and I was like, well, I did have this one other thing and we did it in about 15 minutes, and the lyrics came out. Um, essentially, it's it's about pushing, getting pushed or pushing people to the point, uh, people you love and respect, uh, having disagreements and arguments to the point where you, you feel just so estranged from each other, and it almost feels like you're on opposite sides of the world, yet you might right. live together in the same house. Uh, so we thought that was a pretty you know poignant theme to have that carries throughout the record because all the other songs are basically semi offshoots about that. Like the bargain is about uh, prescription drug abuse uh, or drug abuse in general. Uh, you know, there's songs about isolation and depression um, from both points of view of, you know, a couple family, um, all these different kinds of things, betrayal uh, all over the record. And it really examines, uh, relationships of all different types and how, you know, you can end up feeling like you're a world away from one another. So we thought it was a perfect title for it. Nice. And, and actually like the, the, the video for that tune, um, 
I mean, that's like a deep video. Like, you really went into, like, some deep stuff on there. Like, uh, you know, the whole drug abuse thing and stuff like that. Well, yeah. I mean, everything, put it this way, everything you've seen in the video is stuff that hits close to home. Not necessarily for all of us, but at least for people we know. You know, and we wanted to include. We wanted it to be. Um, we, we wanted it to feel real. I mean, that the the lady in the video, she's listening there right now. Hi, hon. Uh, is my <laughs> girlfriend. Uh, that the girl in the video is my actual real life girlfriend. Um, you know, and uh, that is my house that we're shooting. <laughs> that <everyone> got <laughs> shot in the room. Um, we shot sections of the song that were playing the song but they didn't make it into the video and uh you know those shots you know maybe we'll use them for something but those, that's where we actually play I, that's our studio that we play in so all these things the outside shot with uh the uh, the dealer or whatever in the black and white that's the side of my house in suburban connecticut <laughs> so um you know we really wanted it to be super personal and and feel very real, so that's why we didn't get actors to do it. We wanted to do it ourselves. Now, now, how was that? I mean, I mean, you always hear like, uh, <laughs> I mean, there's the scene with uh, with you and your girlfriend then in, in in bed with a little nice little kiss and all, and then you you're waking up and it's just the pillow. But uh, is it one of them things like we're like, uh, yeah, it's like all these people staring at me with a camera. Um, it was. It was not so bad because for that, (laughs) I think it was a little weirder because it was just the director and assistant and us two in my room at the time. Everybody else was in the was like in the house. If it was uh, like in other areas, getting ready for their stuff for mixing together props and doing all that kinds of stuff. But I mean, it was a little awkward because, (laughs) because you know it's like all right, you have to look up. Now you have to look like you're really sad, and I'm just like my girlfriend's off to the side. I'm like, you know, laughing to myself. I'm like, all right, well, that could be <laughs> my face to not, not be cheesy. Um, but I just, you know, you kind of think of something, and you get into the, you know, something that hits you. Like, you know, my father passed away, so that's pretty much what I was thinking about um, when we when we shot that, you know, so that I could keep like a straight face, uh, you know. But uh, yeah, it was, it was it was so strange. But uh, I think it was the end result was cool. I you know at first I was wondering I was like oh man I don't know if it's gonna come out all that great. And then I saw it once it was finally edited and I really really dug it. Our bass player Dan, uh, the guy with the phone that's <laughs> playing in the poker table with the uh, wedding ring, you know he he at first ah oh, man I hate it. <laughs> but uh, I think he's coming around uh, coming around on it now. Dude, I, I'll tell you what. The, I kept cracking up though. Um, the, the 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 guy with the uh, with the drugs. Every time he would uh, get the call from the pusher, and his phone did <laughs> <it> up. <laughs> I just I thought that was hysterical. Well, he actually came up with that. Like he, I think the best acting in the video is him. I and, and he was like, oh, I don't want to do the acting. I don't want to blah blah blah. And then by the time it was over, he's like, Oh man, that was really fun. And uh, we saw it back. I'm like, dude, you were great. But uh, the pusher thing, I, I was the one that called this phone. And uh, and the director, Edwin, was saying, like, well, well what, what should we call it? I was like, I don't know, call it pusher man, call it, yeah, I don't know, call it hookup, call it something. He's like, how about just pusher? I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. The obvious is it come out 
He's like, nah, man, pusher. It's what it is. I'm like, all right, dude. <laughs> that was just cracking. But, uh, yeah, no, that's something that definitely cracks me when I see that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'll tell you what, though. Like... It had to be something where you, you got the point, but, you know, maybe not that bluntly. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, dude, the, the, the scene though, like going back to your scene, like as you're sitting on the end of the bed, I, I mean, I'm like, honest to God, like I'm sitting, I'm like, I wonder what he's thinking. Like you look like you're really like in deep thought, and they're like really sad. I was like, wow, man, that, that fucking dude's like really got a lot on his mind right now. I, I honestly, I'm a, I'm a huge, uh, you know, movie fan. Not not just horror, but all kinds of movies. So I knew, you know, don't fuck this up, don't fuck this up. That's <laughs> like, excuse me. That was uh, that was one thing uh, in in my head at the time. But then you know, I was trying to think of, of stuff that was not so great that uh, I could kind of focus on and get my head back there. And you know, it, it worked. It was very that that stuff was real quick. That was done in like five ten minutes. Nice. So I mean, it, it sounds like you guys like really have like a lot of fun with the whole video thing. I mean, is any more videos you got planned for anything else on the album or? Yeah, definitely. Um, the way we kind of do stuff, at least right now, you had mentioned, you know, the way business-wise doing stuff. Um, we're trying to push a rock and a metal video from the record or, or what we feel like is a rock-oriented and a metal video, metal-oriented video at a time. So I think Devil came out in July and World Away was early August. And uh, those are currently on rock and metal radio right now, uh, on Radio Contraband and Metal Contraband. Um I think our next two are going to be we're gearing up to shoot one for decimation sometime in the next uh, month and a half or so sometime before late November. And for rock radio, our next single is going to be where the sun sleeps, which is kind of more of not necessarily a ballad, but kind of like a sound garden a heavier, like a heavier version of Soundgarden did a ballad, which is like the best way I could describe it. Cool. Now, how about, um, you mentioned earlier, like you, you say like you guys weren't going to do like just hop in a van and start touring around this time around. So what were the plans for uh, show wise? Well, actually, you know, we didn't do that while we were, you know, we took <laughs> our time here that we, crafted the best record possible worked with uh, charlie belmore and nick belmore from toxic holocaust kingdom of sorrow they play in josta jamie josta from Hatebreed sideband and charlie's actually our manager with Corey nash at dme management but uh we are gonna hit the road with uh our fellow dme band final drive for an awesome band uh at the end of november uh throughout december so up until a little bit before Christmas. So we actually are going to hit the road, you know, fingers crossed, nobody blows up, but uh, we're hitting the road in about a month and a half. Uh, almost. <laughs> Boom. <Whoa. laughs> uh, around that. Now, how about, um, uh, cause you, I mean, we're not that far away. We're down here in Philly. You guys hitting Philly at all? Or have you been to Philly yet? Or Actually, Philly is one of the first places we're going to be hitting, brother. How about that? Yeah, dates aren't dates aren't uh, up yet, but they will be shortly for sure. And uh, I do know that Philly is sometime at the end of November, beginning of December. Oh, cool! Very cool. Well, we'll have to uh, keep in touch, and uh, I'll have to come out. 
Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've toured around up and down the East Coast before. We played Philly a bunch of times. I think the only place we haven't hit around there that we've been wanting to uh, in PA is Pittsburgh. Uh, so I think we're actually also in Pittsburgh on this uh, run, and then hopefully again uh, sometime, sometime early next year. Nice. Very very cool. So now where at where? Where can everybody go? Let's uh, let's get them plugs out there. Where can everybody go and become a Children of the Knife and uh, follow you guys and uh, learn all about you guys and get the music and and buy the music? Absolutely. Get, uh, line these pockets. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you can find it. It's in 200, I think it's like 250 retailers around the world. We're seeing plays in like Australia, Africa, all over the place, streaming and stuff. So you can get it on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify, uh, Beats, RDO, Deezer. You can order physical copies through Amazon, select retailers uh, around. Uh, you get it directly through us on our site or our Facebook or our Bandcamp. You can get it anywhere. Go to facebook.com slash shape rocks. The Shape Rocks uh, or uh, the Shape Rocks dot com or uh, look it up the world away on uh, any of those online platforms. We're also on uh, Pandora, so you can catch us there, Spotify, etc. They're everywhere, and go on YouTube and check out their videos because they're fucking awesome as well. Thank you, brother. Absolutely. All right, so I'm going to play the world away because uh, I really fell in love with this tune. Uh, as I was uh, listening to it over and over and over and over and over and over today as I was getting ready for the interview. So, uh, all right, d- dude, uh, thank you for calling in. Lots of luck. I just actually sent you a friend request on Facebook. So, uh, you know, when you get down here to Philly, let's, uh, like, do some cheesesteaks and stuff. Let's do it, dude. Absolutely. Dude, it was great talking to you. And, uh, yeah, keep in touch and best of luck. And let's, uh, let's not make the world go away, but let's make them come forward and love you guys. It's all about bringing them together, brother. That's it. Cool. Brian, thank you so much, man. It was great talking to you. Thank you, man. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, but here it goes. Let's 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 do this. The shape the world away.
And there they are, the shape world away. It's good fucking stuff, man. What'd you think, Nick? It wasn't like exactly my type, but it, like, it was good. I, like it was something I would listen to. You know, not yeah. not on. It's not like Red Sun Rising. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but sorry. Yeah, it, 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 I'll tell you what, man. I, I was like, uh, as I was getting ready for the interview and all today, I was sitting there uh, just cranking it over and over and over. It's just really grueling, man. I was really digging that tune. Good stuff, man. Cool dude, too, man. That's cool they're coming to Philly. I got to go check them out. Yeah, no, that's cool. The shape. <laughs> the shape rocks. So, all right, we'll hit this. Let's uh, let's take our quick commercial break, come back on the flip side, and this way we're commercial-free for the rest of the show. So, um, yeah. we we got we got to plug our uh, our guy, ChrisFraleyPresents.com. Uh, check him out. He's black man. He's funny. He's wacky. He's crazy. He is totally driven. ChrisFraleyPresents.com. I'm Black Man, saving man's eyes, one stereotype at a time. To the Black Mobile. To the corner of Martin Luther King Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, pronto. Will Black Man make it to the crime on time? Or will he be on CPT? Stay tuned at ChrisFraleyPresents.com. Attention business owners, website owners, event promoters, or anyone looking to promote your product. The Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network is the perfect way to spread the word of your business around the world. That's right. You can advertise at our network and be played on all of our shows at rates that are so cheap. It's a no-brainer. For more information, contact Bay Ragney at bayragney at gmail.com. To keep your business driven, stay driven with Totally Driven Entertainment. Are you a fan of Sherlock Holmes? Letters from Holmes offers unique, one-of-a-kind letters from the world-famous detective himself. Handwritten on 8.5-inch by 11-inch aged parchment paper and using smudge-free ink to produce original, high-quality letters that fans will treasure for years to come. Each letter is handcrafted and written from the perspective of Sherlock Holmes, mimicking Holmes's native tongue and embracing many of the famous detective's quirks, quips, insults and peculiarities. Order a love letter, birthday greeting, personal correspondence, or more only at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash letters from homes. For $5 today, you can buy a wealth of things. Gas for your car, rent a movie for the family, a few slices of pizza. $5 still takes you a long ways. But did you know that $5 can buy your child a bag of heroin in the streets? That's right. For only $5, your son or daughter can buy some of the cheapest and purest dope in the country. Be aware of the lies. Be aware of the stealing. Be aware that's all it takes to kill your child. $5. This message was brought to you by Casey's Cause, a group of parents located in southern Chester County out to save your child's life. Come join us today at www.caseyscause.com. And remember, $5 is all it takes. Casey's Cause, www.caseyscause.com. Looking for that perfect gift for your ghoul friend? Then look no further than Teddy Scares. Teddy Scares are available in a variety of styles, sizes, and prices for all your shopping needs. Teddy Scares are a mix of cute and creepy to make a great gift for almost any age. Board up your windows, lock your doors, and log on to TeddyScares.com. And be sure to become our friends at Facebook.com slash TeddyScares. 
Calling all comic book fans. Do you collect comics? Did you ever collect comics? Do you think your children might like reading comic books? Do you even know they still print real, paper, non-digital comic books? Well, then visit the Pirates of Ontario Street Comics in Philadelphia. We have a massive collection of comic books, action figures, trading cards, and much more. We have one of the largest stocks of back-issue comics in the area. We bag and board every new comic book at no extra charge. Our stores voted the best comic book shop in the 2013 PHL 17 Hot List Contest. Part of the movie Unbreakable is filmed in our store. We are open seven days a week. Ontario Street Comics is located at 2235 East Ontario Street in the Port Richmond section of Philly. Our phone number is 215-288-7338. Type in the words Ontario Comics Philadelphia to check out our wacky stores page on Facebook. All right, welcome back to the radio. So, uh, you know, Nick, uh, your daughter uh, would probably be freaking the hell out. So I get in, uh, you know, I've been getting emails from all these PR people over the last few days right. to try to set up interviews for some of these bands at Rock Allegiance. And I got right. one today where uh, they just added, because, you know, the whole uh, Marilyn Manson got hurt last week. Uh, he had that thing fall on top of him on stage and he busted up his leg. Yeah. So, uh, so now he won't be there <laughs> on Saturday. So uh, they uh, they moved somebody from one of the side stages to the main stage, and they, that opened up a spot for the side stage, and they added uh, New Year's Day. Oh, really? Yeah, and I got a uh, – actually, like an hour before we went live on the air, I got an inter- uh, yeah an email from their PR to set up an interview with them. That's like – her all-time favorite, I think. Like, the, the the girl is, like, her idol. She's got, like, another, like, a side thing going now, too, with, um, I forget who. Like, she likes, her and... I, I, she, my daughter likes some kind of, uh, Maybe it's just me, but they come across as kind of wussy. You know what I mean? Like, I, I they they sure very, are the rock bands of my youth. They're they're very um. It's like that whole, and it's not even really much of a thing anymore. But it's like that whole hot topic generation. You know what I mean? That whole look. It it really is. I was gonna say Fallout Boy metal, but same thing. They're not not even fall up. I mean, because, but and, and don't get me wrong, like the whole look, like all them, the way that like a lot of them bands look that she liked, like that would be right up my alley. Like I dig the way like they, they look and all. Like I, to me, it looks cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> she likes. I mean, I, I I don't like. I've never been like you have bands on the show that I've never heard of, and she likes a bunch of bands that I've never heard of, but so far, we've only had a couple that cross over where she was like, oh, I love them. You know what I mean? But... (laughs) Hey, you know what? Honestly, it could be worse, guys. They could like rap or total hip-hop, something to that effect. I don't don't know. 
something I learned recently about Bay Ragney is that he is not against hip hop. He he has some 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 favorites. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, and I, I suck because I like Doctor Who. <laughs> mm, fuck it. Like okay, I mean, so this man that she saw on Friday, dude, have you ever heard of him? Uh, William Control. William Control? William Control, yeah. No. Uh, Combi Christ? Yeah, Combi Christ I've heard of. That actually, um, one of the guys is uh, from from Philly. Oh, okay. Eric Michael. He's from Eric 13. He's from Philly, yeah. We're uh, freaking out now because the new one is... uh, I can't remember who the opening act is because it's some band that I don't like, but in February, he's going to see um, Black Veil Brides. Black Veil Brides are a big fucking band, man. Are they really? They're huge, (laughs) yeah. No, they're not. In that that world, in that scene, they're huge. Yeah, okay. No, I think you're right, though, because the one guy, he has, like, a, a, a solo career. He's got a movie coming out. Yeah. Like, in that sort of, you know, scene or whatever. I kind of dig the fact that they look like um, sort of old school, like Kiss or Motley. They, it's almost glam rock, the, the look that they have. They stole their look completely from Motley Crue's Shout the Devil Era. And, and when they first came out, they admitted it. Like, they they oh, okay. looked like... Yeah, they... I, like, when they first came out and they had that look, I was, like, pissed. I was, like, it was just fucking blatant rip-off. And, uh, but they, they admitted, like, um, the, I guess the one, the lead singer, I mean, he was even calling himself Andy Six after Nikki Six because he said, like, Nikki Six is his idol and that's, you know, right. his thing. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. And then the other two that she really likes right now is uh, Dead Girls Academy and Motionless and White. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to you, Dad. Look, Jimmy, Jimmy hasn't heard of any of these bands. <laughs> like, no, no, I haven't. But that, you know what? That, that last one is what tickles me. The, the last one just seems like a band name that they would have today. Motionless and White? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some of the the stupidest fucking names I have ever heard in my life for bands are nowadays. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I won't disagree with you there, but um, I'll tell you what, like last year uh, at Rock Allegiance, uh, Motionless and White, I, I think, and I even said this to you then, um, for the weekend, like I saw the most shirts between Motionless and White and Ghost, and there was somebody else I forget who, but those two bands had like the most shirts um, for the weekend. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, Motionless and White, I played them a lot on the Sunday show on Television Radio Rocks. Um, they have a song out now, I think it's called Necessary Evil, that I really, really dig. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> 
it's a it's a good song. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna pull it up and see if I can play it off of YouTube. It's a good okay. I, I dig it. Um now wait a minute. What what I thought you said originally, now I'm gonna I'm gonna back it up a second. What I thought you said originally or what I thought Nick said was emotionless in white. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that was that tickle was not to say that motionless and white is even less. It is even better. It's not. But emotionless and white was what I thought you said. <laughs> and Jimmy, they're all sort of like I'm sorry. Let me turn that down. They're a little. all sort of like goth. Yeah. Light. You know what I mean? Like not not like totally goth, but it's almost like Pop guy, like <laughs> yeah, it, 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 well, it, well, here, here's the tune that I like. Um, it's called Necessary Evil, and it's got Jonathan Davis from Corn on it. I'm gonna mute myself so I don't laugh a lot. But I mean, the, the dude, uh, the lead singer, Chris Motionless. I mean, he kind of looks like uh, uh, Marilyn Manson's little brother. He does. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking great way to describe him. <laughs> Better watch out. Yeah, sorry, I've never. Yeah. I, I mean, he even like cut his hair short like Manson's now, and. Oh, that's too funny, dude. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I dig that tune. That wasn't bad. That was a lot less sort of emo than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, like, uh, there are other stuff I heard, like, um, like when I saw them last year, like, I wasn't impressed. Um, and, and a few songs I had heard them. But this this new album... Uh, I forget the other single. I think this is the second single off the album, but the first single, even that one, I like too. So I mean, it's you know what it's more. um, It's definitely like a more melodic sound to it. That's crazy. It was it was way less emo than I thought it was going to be. You know what? Everybody's trying to make that black album is what it is. Yeah. 
But the thing is, it has to be good. You know what I mean? Like, the Black Album catches a lot of shit, but the Black Album is actually a good album. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, not, yeah, you know without what I mean? a doubt. Like, it gets a lot of shit because it, it's like the mainstream breakthrough album, but it, there's nothing wrong with that album. Like, <laughs> you, you know, it's funny, like, with that, I remember when that fucking album came out, and, um, and to this day, I still think, like, that album, uh, it's, like, the perfect metal album. You know what I mean? It was just, like, they set out to make the picture-perfect-sounding album, and they did that. Like, they, they had the metal anthem. They had the, the metal ballads. I mean, they just, right. they to to create perfection of metal, and they did it with that album. But that breaking through is sort of like there's a certain population of of the fans that just they see that as like selling out. Oh yeah. You know what I mean, and that's a shame. It is. It sucks. It's a weird world, man. Very weird world we live in. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Yeah. Everybody loves the hate. That's what it is. People just love the fucking hate, man. They don't like the love. They love the hate. Right. <laughs> now, actually, I'm going to see what's the name tomorrow night. Um, Chris Jericho. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm going to see Fozzie. Now, this is going to sound crazy, but like. For the longest time, I didn't know that they put out, like, actual music. I thought it was, like, a joke. Like, <laughs> like I thought they were, like, a parody band, almost. You know what I mean? Like, That's what they started out as. I mean, they started out just doing covers, and then they started mixing in originals. And they have a new album that's coming out this month. And this might be, like, their fourth or fifth album now. And I'll tell you what, dude, he put out the first single for this album, like, beginning of summer, and I fucking, I can't stress enough how much I love this tune, and I already know, like, we're going, we're in October now, unless something really fucking strong comes out of nowhere, um, this is my number one song of the year, I already have it fucking picked, and have you heard the, the, the single Judas yet? No. Oh my god, dude! It's fucking. Oh, here I'm gonna play it. It's fucking awesome. This is like their black album. Oh, wow. And I will drag you down and sell you out. Run away. I am cold out with so many of stone. And I will drag you down. 
love that riff. I love that fucking tune. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's come a long way, man. He really has. No, what was he called? Moon Goose McQueen? Is that what his name was? Oh, yeah, something like that. He goes by just his regular name now. Yeah, yeah, it's all like a legit thing. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah, man, that's crazy. I I was just assuming it was like a, a total parody, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no more parody for him. Now, here's something I saw. It's funny. Like, I I I see this article, and then all I see is a, a like one comment out of like hundreds, and it's Nick, and it was uh, what's his name bitching about the Rock uh, is delaying the next Face in the Furious. Oh yeah, I I saw. I, I yeah, I actually. <laughs> that son of a bitch. No. <laughs> so what, what was the deal with that? Like, I, I didn't read the article. I just, I, I'm guessing The Rock is too busy to, to do the next Fast and the Furious right now. and It's getting pushed back a year. No. Okay, so what happened is The Rock is doing a spinoff movie of his character, and Tyrese wanted him to wait until the next Fast and the Furious came out and then do it, because if not, it was going to push everybody else's job back by a year. And he was like, well, I'm, I'm hot right now. You know what I mean? I'm doing this. And, and he's been like, he's been sending messages over Twitter and shit. It's like, since you won't return my text, I'll just put it up here. Like, he's just being a whiny little bitch. Wow. That's <laughs> why. Okay, why do they need to do a spinoff? Like, and and I love the Fast and the Furious franchise. Like, I'm a fan. But do we need a spinoff? I I do. I think that it's going to be hugely successful. I mean, his character is. I would say equally as popular as Vin Diesel's character at this point. So, like, I I would be worried if I was all of them. Nobody's offering fucking Tyrese a spinoff. <laughs> right, right. So, I, I mean, but don't you think that could kill the Fast and the Furious franchise, though? Well, think about it. I mean, The Rock revived the franchise, and I think what they're trying to do is start a new franchise on just The Rock's character. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be its own thing. It doesn't necessarily have to be cars 
it's just like him causing destruction and shit. Um, from what I understand, it's supposed to be The Rock and Jason Statham in it, both of their characters. So, in other words, they're taking the A-list out of the Fast and the Furious and, and just doing something with them. Because the, funny, the, rest of, I... the rest of the Fast and the Furious are just, you know, even Vin now, Diesel. Did you I mean, see the last one? The very I last did. one? I did. Did You didn't think that The Rock and Jason Statham's parts were hands down the best part of that movie? The whole prison fight? You know what? I, I honestly, I'm trying to remember the movie itself. I'm trying to remember what my thoughts were afterwards. And I think I felt it was too much. I, it I was. The, the no, it totally scene, was. I thought the fight scenes were just too over the fucking top and unrealistic. Jason Statham was fighting in an out-of-control airplane holding a baby. <laughs> I, honestly, I thought that part was fucking hysterical and made the movie. It really was, though. I mean, because those movies are like James Bond movies used to be. Like, you just have to go with it. It's so out of over the top. And, like, this one had tanks and submarines and shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like, in the next one, they have to go to outer space. Like, it's going to be a race on the moon. <laughs> right, like... And that's kind of like where they've kind of built themselves up to now. Like, uh, you know, they went from the one with the the fucking plane where they took the plane down with a car. And like now, then the last one was the submarine. Like, what do you do now? Like, where do you go? Are you taking down the fucking space shuttle? Like, what do you do? But but see, I think when they're when they're thinking about the rocks spinoff, I think they realize that they can go in so many other directions. You know what I mean? Like, it can be an action movie like Bad Boys. It can be, you know, a, a cops versus robbers situation. It, the, it could be Predator with The Rock. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different ways to go with it that they, they're not locked into that over-the-top craziness of Fast and the Furious. You know what I mean? Right. No, not at first, yeah, because they're starting again from ground zero, and they can build themselves right. up to that. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's pretty much their thought. And The Rock is just fucking money in the bank right now. You know what I mean? Now, what are they going to call it, do you know? With the, I mean, are they just going to call it, like, Hobbs or something? Like, what the fuck are they going to call it? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's funny. And and honestly, (laughs) I I mean, in reality, I mean, it would be like fucking, it would be G.I. Joe, wouldn't it? I I mean, because he's supposed to be like an army guy. He played Roadblock in the G.I. Joe movie, so it's exactly the same character. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. That's what I mean. Oh, that's funny. Same character, different name, but the the, the GI Joe didn't do Big Bang, did it? I don't. Uh, I, I don't think it. 
I think it did okay internationally, but yeah, it wasn't a huge success. Right. I I, I see. This is where I get. I, I I got a bad vibe about it. I really do. I, I I think this could kill the Fast and the Furious franchise and the fucking Rock. You go into the well too many times. They're ten movies deep at this point, though. I mean, they've been into the bottom of the well and back. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it dies, so be it. It's like Hugh Hefner dying. Like you're ninety one. You had a good run. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, when you think back to that first Fast and the Furious movie, this latest one doesn't even resemble the same franchise. Oh, no. No, it, it's like... It's like they injected the whole fucking world with steroids, and cars included. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so out of control and so out of hand. Yeah, see, that's the, and that's with all. That's my complaint with all the Fast and the Furious is with over the last two or three, especially where each movie. Now, mind you, like, I'm a big car fan. And I love all the car shit and all that, and that's why I enjoy these fucking movies. But none of that shit to me looks is over the top. I mean, they drag a safe. Around what was it, fucking Mexico or wherever? Right. With two cars, and like the, to me, that's not over the top. That's perfectly okay, and that works. But these fight scenes in all these these last few movies, are, to me, are just so absurd. Like I can't believe the fight scenes, but I can believe them towing a bank uh, or like taking down a submarine with a motorcycle. I can believe all that, or taking down an airplane. But I can't believe the fight scenes. But you know what it is, too, that you have to sort of take into context and and understand is those fight scenes are there there because there's a couple people that you probably don't recognize that are, like, known for, like, those kind of fight scene movies. Tony Jaa, some of these guys from Asia and stuff that are in there. They're actually, like, pretty well-known in that sort of genre of film. So they put that in there so, like, the car guys get what they want, the, you know, kung fu guys get what they want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I totally get it because it's almost two different types of movies. Yeah, and they got the they got the MMA people in it, like, you know, with uh, – who, who was the one that had uh, – I mean, they had Ronda Rousey in it for a minute in the one, and they had the other girl – what was her name? Gina Karangi or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Gina Carano, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Hey, hey, the Fast and the Furious is responsible for bringing Gal Gadot to American uh, TV screens. So, you know what I'm saying? We got to let that slide. (laughs) Yeah. They they saved Wonder Woman. I don't know if you uh I don't know if you saw the Triple X the return of Xander Cage but there is no difference between that franchise and the Fast and the Furious except for who he teamed up with like <laughs> like they're exactly the same movie Yeah, I didn't say it. 
I saw the original one. I, I I had no desire to go back and and I, if I, I'm one of like Vin Diesel to me, he's dumb. Like there there every character he plays is just dumb with a different name. Except there was one. Oh, what was he? Was he the pacifier? What was he? The babysitter? What was he in that one movie? <laughs> No, that's funny because it, that was still sort of like the same character. But he but it was did dumb. one where he played uh, he played somebody from the mafia. Find me guilty, it was called, and he had like a Jufro in it, <laughs> and he was like kind of chubby. And it was I, I want to say it was based on a real story too. But yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah, he's like on trial, and he's, it's, yeah, I'll have to send you a link for it. It's really weird, and you wouldn't, you, like, you look at him, and you're like, well, what what the fuck is Vin Diesel doing? (laughs) (laughs) See, he's not being dumb, and he's, he's like, not doing good either, so he he is dumb. Unfortunately, he is, he's dumb for life. So, and, and actually, our next guest is on the line, and she's waiting patiently. Let's get her on here, and... Now, this person, she will not be dumb, and hopefully she will not be known as Neil Patrick or Harris for the rest of her career. Let's welcome to the show. <laughs> and, and let's Hi, see if I get how are you? Hi, this, I know this is Kimberly. So is the last name, how do you say the last name, a, a Bolton? It's a Bolton. Like, I always tell people, like, I'll be a Bolton out of here when I'm done with gotcha. this conversation. There you go. So how are you doing, Kimberly? Welcome to the show. Good, yeah, that's about the easiest way to remember a Bolton. A Bolton. I I'm good, it. thanks. How are you? I gotta gotta catch a a couple minutes of you guys chatting. So, what do you think? So, it, Dom is Dom, right? I mean, in every movie, he's just Dom. It, Dom totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I'm I'm with <laughs> he you. Can't, he can't help it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because, like, as as I'm going through and I, I, I come across your uh, your your shorts and all you did and all these things, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching them and all, and then I like really start like investigating it all, and I'm like, wow, this is like, you now like this turned from like a funny interview to like, holy shit, how did we get here? Interview because, uh, like, you were actually like on your way to become a doctor, and you quit. Am oh, I getting this yeah. right? To join to <laughs> yeah, go to yeah. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, I, like, kind of had the opposite. Yeah, I, I yeah, I did. I, I went to school. I studied. I, I did a lot of, I was a dancer growing up and did a lot of theater and then um, had the opportunity when I went to school. I was, like, I'm done doing theater and the arts. I, like, want to do something different, and I don't understand. I guess I was, like, a dorky kid. I was, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, um I'm going to do, I'm going to become a doctor. Cause with me, it's like all or nothing. I can't just like do in between. I have to be like, you know, either like an astronaut or a doctor, or it's like, I can't just like, so I was like, yeah, I'm going to be. And then I just was like, what am I doing? Like I got in so deep and I'm like, I got to bail. I got to like stop and, and really do what I want to be doing, which is, you know, be an actor and a writer. Yeah. So I left. <laughs> And I, I bailed out, peaced out, got a lot of science classes, and 
I guess I could write for like, you know, medical dramas or something. Cause I can like, you know, come up with all the terminology and, and know it and saw it all. But yeah. No. So you need to get hold of uh what's her name? Shonda, Shonda rhymes. Is it? With Shonda that, uh, rhymes. Yeah. 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 Give her a call and say, yo, uh, I, I, I okay. think you need some help on uh, Grey's Anatomy, and I can. Uh, <laughs> I, I have this exactly. great story about these triplets that would be perfect on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> totally, let's separate them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, all right, Casey, so you decided to become a doctor. So, like, I'm thinking, like, the family is so proud of their daughter, and then is there fallout when you say, like, yeah, I'm done, I'm going to Hollywood. Yeah, actually, like, I had, like, the opposite reaction that you would think of. Like, most people, you'd think their parents would be horrified. I actually, like, my dad was actually really sweet. He he was like, oh, he was actually really excited. He's like, does this mean that my parents are from, I, I grew up in Massachusetts, so I'm an East Coast girl. And uh, they were like, you know, oh, this means you're going to do theater. You're still going to do theater, huh? You're going to go back to acting? And I was like, yeah, my dad was like, my dad was happy. He was like, yeah, that's, that's more like you. Like, I, I didn't quite understand, like, what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, I, yeah, he was supportive. Like, it, it was cool. It was, like, not what you'd think, like, when most families, like, what are you, crazy? You know, I mean, they still probably thought I was crazy for other reasons, but, yeah. <laughs> now, was there, like, any, like, were you sitting there watching a movie? And like laughing your ass off, and it just clicked in your head, like, you know what? Th- that's what I want to be doing. Like, I want to be like writing goofy stuff. I want to be acting in goofy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I grew up like my my family's really funny. I grew up in a really funny family, and my my dad had like the really such a dry, great sense of humor. So I would grow up watching him like watch all these great TV shows, like. Married with Children and 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 Taxi was his favorite show and and like science like I grew up watching like he loved sitcoms and um, my grandparents I would watch my grandparents like love Carol Burnett and Lily Tomlin they would like talk about these women and so I would watch these women and I would see how it, how these like people made everybody like laugh and I was like oh I want to do that you know like I want to like I would kind of just like this goofy awkward and like I loved that's just kind of what I like I love doing I mean I was always like doing it anyway um so I think it just made sense for everyone when I when I started just doing it out here when I moved to LA and like came out here and it was kind of like yeah well like we knew that like for a while that that's kind of what you would be doing yeah I just like loved you know, like, I, I mean, like, I love, yeah, anything that makes me, it's like, I watch, I try and watch, like, comedy, like, before I go to bed, because I'm one of these people that's, like, in my head all the time, like, constantly, like, thinking, you know, and I just need something, like, to turn it off, so for me, it's always just, like, watching comedies, like, classic comedies, like, Dumb and Dumber is my favorite movie of all time, and Step Brothers is a close second, Three Amigos, like, these are, like, my favorite, and just there's nothing like watching these movies and like getting out of your head, you know? Yeah. I I hear you on that because I'm the same way. Like I I don't shut off. Like it just keeps going and going and going. I I think I need to like start doing that. Like watching, uh, watch uh, like all in the family before you go to bed. Like 
babblings from Archie Bunker will like just put you on the right track. Yeah. Oh my, I 100% agree. Like I have like the DVD. Somebody gave me that for a Christmas present of like years ago. They gave me like the whole collection in DVD. Like it's amazing. It's such an amazing show. Yes. Yeah, it's it's funny because like watching that now, like. I remember I was like a kid when that stuff was on and I, I, you know, back then thinking like it was funny and all, like I watch it now and I cringe and I'm like, how the hell did they get away with this on TV 40 years ago? Like, it's amazing. I know. I know. It was like so progressive. Everybody would be now, it'd be like too sensitive and everybody would be like nervous, but for sure, like the writing and, and he was just brilliant. His delivery was amazing. Such a great show. Now, now you mentioned that you were, you were from the East Coast, and, I, and this is kind of funny because you're from Sandwich, Massachusetts, and <laughs> like, like I literally and, and I shit you not, like a week or two ago, there was like a meme going around of a a sandwich police car, and it was like this town is real. Yes, and I just, and I'm like, holy! I'm reading that today, and I'm like, holy shit! That's where she's from. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, on my Facebook page. Like, a bunch of my friends, out, like, they posted it on my Facebook page. And they're, I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, we heard all the jokes growing up, you know, like, at all the games. Like, we'd have to go to, like, all the opposing teams would be like, oh, look, it's bologna sandwich. And we were like, it's original. Oh, it's tuna sandwich. And we're like, yeah, okay, guys. Like, yeah, this is what we grew up with. So, yes, I am from a town called Sandwich. It's exit four over the Sagamore Bridge on Cape Cod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's classic. So, so, I mean, you got to write a show now about Sandwich. I know. I actually did. I wrote a show and I actually sold it to, um, to uh, 20th Century Fox a few years ago. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, it, it wasn't, it didn't end up getting made, getting made, but we like went into development, but it was, it was like, I just kind of was, was home watching my family like over Christmas one year and just like listening to everybody. And then I was like, what if like, I just like wrote this show, like what if I never left and I stayed here and I like lived in the garage and I imagined what that would be like. And then I ended up writing this show based on that, me as if I never left. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you mentioned there, you got one of them, like the, the, the quote unquote development deals. Like, is is that like, how, how much fun is that? Like you get one of them deals and you're basically less like paid to like sit there. It sounds like that's what you always hear. The story <laughs> well, you think, yeah, but it's like, no, it's actually like, it's, it's, uh, it's, it is work. Like you are like, you're just, you are dealing with a lot of other people helping develop your show and everyone has, you know, their, their two cents of what they think the show should be about. So you're like constantly in meetings, constantly rewriting your show. It it ends up becoming something completely different than what you sold in the first place. But um, yeah, but it is fun. It is fun. It was a live show. Like it was based on like a live show that I did first out here and uh it was actually written with um, – it was based on me when I was, like, 13 years old, and it was written by 
the guy who wrote This Is Us, or he created This Is Us, which is on ABC, Dan Fogelman. And he wrote, he and I wrote this show that, that was put up in a theater and it just kind of became like this little cult following. And he went on to write Cars and I went on to, to get this uh, deal with uh, 20th Century. Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like everybody knows, like once you're out here and you're doing this for a while, like you end up working with everyone or you're like, oh, that's like my ex writing part or that's my, you know, my ex roommate or that's my friend. Like everybody just kind of knows everyone, you know, it's kind of small when you're in it for a while. So now something like that, like with uh, with this guy, Dan Fogelman. Um, here's somebody who you've been you've worked with and all, and you see like something he has now is, is blowing up. Is that kind of mm-hmm. like more kind of like uh, it, it, it's it is doable? Like I can get there. Like here's here, a friend yeah. of mine. Yeah, you see, like you know, I I, was, I literally just got home from having coffee with um, a, a friend of mine, and and, and she's a, an actress and. Um, she's here doing stuff and working. And we were literally just having this conversation about how people that are outside of the business, you know, they, it's like, they don't understand. Like it's basically like a 14 year overnight success story. Like you work for years and like you bust your butt and you write stuff and you like put up shows or live shows or you do web series or these short films. Like you're just constantly reinventing yourself or or creating content you're just constantly busy doing this stuff and you're just like when is this gonna like happen and then like it's you get an opportunity and all of a sudden all your preparation all this work that you did in that moment you're able to say oh yeah here watch my stuff and like send it and then like get work from that so it's like it does it's a, it takes a while, but like in that one second, you can end up getting something that can just like completely change your career. You know, having that one yes and having that one opportunity after like creating stuff for so long. Yeah. Right. It's, it is kind of cool about it. Like I wouldn't, like you definitely have to, this has to be in your blood and you have to like really have a desire to do this because it's not something that you can say, well, I'll take my stab at it and try it and see how it works out. And if it does, then I'll just, like, go home. It's like, no, this has to be, like, but I guess it's with anything in life. Like, you have to be so passionate about it and, like, love what you do and enjoy it because there's going to be a lot of times where it is a struggle and where it is difficult and it is challenging. And if you're not enjoying it, it's like, what's the point? And it's like the more you enjoy it, the more more things and opportunities happen, you know? Now, what do you see yourself more as first? Do you see yourself more as the writer first or the actress? You know, like I, when I first started, I was an actress. I I never wrote anything at all. Like I had never written before. And um, and then I just kind of, the, the comedy I do, like as you've probably seen, is like a particular brand of comedy. Um, and I, I got sick of like, you know, I was, testing a lot and out for pilots and up for a lot of pilots and and I I would get the feedback which was kind of like so annoying um which was you're not you know they would tell my agents my agents would have to tell me she's not pretty enough to be the lead but she's not 
ugly enough to be the lead's best friend. And it was just like, this is, you know, this was, a, this was a few years ago. It's definitely like shifted and stuff. And I just was like, that did never really defeated me. It, it kind of got me like a little bit, wow, it's just people really not thinking outside the box. They're really just kind of seeing it just like such a, a shallow viewpoint. And that's when I started saying like, well, it doesn't really matter. Like I'm going to start creating my own content and I'm going to start writing the kind of characters I want to see, which are like, real people going through like real things and uh, or something like Neil Patrick and Iris, which is just like so out there, like I'm just going to write what I enjoy. And if people like it, great. And if people don't, great. It doesn't matter, you know, and that's where it shifted for me. And now I just really, I just love creating and writing and I, I love acting, but like I would, you know, my dream is to like have my own show and, and just, you know, ha- like have an awesome staff and like and collaborate with other amazing writers. And that's, that's what I really enjoy doing. Now, I mean, I, I sat there today, like as I was getting ready for everything. Um, and I watched the whole little, uh, the whole Neil Patrick and Harris series and um, <laughs> was watching Killing the Apologetic Girl and all. And I kept thinking to myself, like, here, here's where I'm going to compare you to somebody like a Whitney Cummings, like with, with uh, two broke girls. I was like, this is where your mind is, like that total. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> sexual humor is all over the place, and just like <laughs> jokes and crap jokes and this and that. And I'm just like too freaking hysterical. Yeah, I'm like a I'm like a 15 year old boy. Like I had a mentality. Like you know, my my brother is uh, one of my brothers is a engineer, and uh, we were last we went on on vacation. His wife, my sister in law, and his daughter, and then my boyfriend. We all went camping this summer, and we were just like laughing by the campfire, you know, having a glass of wine. And he's just like, it's so funny, like. I'm an engineer and I'm creating whatever it is that he creates. I can't even pronounce it. And then he's like, and then my sister writes fart jokes and poop jokes <laughs> and anything about penises and boobs. I'm like, yep, that's absolutely right. That's what makes me laugh. <laughs> yep. You would think he'd be the one doing that. Yeah, he's exactly. He's like, leave it to my classy older sister. So like, <laughs> like yeah. But always, I was, like, always that kid, like, anybody would say. Like, I'm still that way to this day. I'm, like, if somebody says, like, fart or poop or they fart in front of me, I just think it's a funny. I don't, I guess I'm immature, but I just think it's really funny. Like, boobs and penis jokes and poop jokes will never get old for me. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, o- opening scene, like, people need to really sit. And, it, I mean, they're, they're five-minute little shorts, and they're, they're six episodes, and they're freaking hysterical. But opening scene you had you had me sold instantly on neil patrick and harris because they're conjoined triplets in the bathroom and the one's taking a dump and i was just like "Eh, i'm in i'm sold from that point on i'm like this is great like here we go that's hilarious that's so i'm glad you appreciate it because i've had some of my friends of the classier persuasion have said to me, do we really have to have the fucking farting in there? Do you really have to have the diarrhea sounds? I'm like, what are you talking about? Comedy gold. It sounded real. It sounded so real. It, that's what made it. 
It was. Oh yeah. Well, we spent a long time. We spent a long time listening for free because you get you got to find like the free royalty free you know music right. or sound effects. We spent. You know how many times I was diarrhea, like poop splashing. There's all different files, different kinds of poops hitting the toilet. Uh, poop that's a gentle splash. A Mexican poop after a Mexican meal. Poop after an Italian meal. Poop like everything. Like you, there's all different kinds of poop sound effects you can find online. <laughs> Very specific. There's an art to it. <laughs> now, the the one the the one complaint I'm going to have about Neil Patrick and Harris, what I was mm-hmm. really bummed out is when. The guy, whoever the guy playing the cameraman, when oh, yeah. he quit. Cause okay, he you know why he quit? Hysterical. He's so brilliant. Okay, I'm going to tell you a secret why, why we had to do that. Because he had booked another television show. And originally we had him, but because, like, he actually, like, booked a show, um, we had to write it. So we were like, shit what do we do we're like okay we'll just have him quit we'll have him quit and then we'll justify like why we bring him back if we get a second season he's so amazing he's an actor jeremiah caleb i love him oh my love god him. just his yeah. just the facial reactions he was making I just made it I, I was hysterical just watching him oh he's brilliant he's so he's great i saw him in a show and like a live show. And that's how I met him. I watched him and I was like, this guy, everything he did made me laugh. He's so, he doesn't play for the comedy or the jokes. He's such a good actor and he just delivers the lines. And he's so, he's so funny. I was like, I met him. I introduced myself. I was like, I need you. I need to put you in my show. Like you're so good. Yeah. He's great. Now I, I mm-hmm. picture too, like when you're like working on this and coming up with the whole idea and the concept of this whole thing, I picture you just like blurting out the name <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, and it just like <laughs> works perfectly. Well, you know what we ended up doing? We were like, so we were like, what can we call ourselves? And then we said, well, we need a name like Sarah Jessica Parker. And then we all looked at each other and we were like we don't think she'll have a good sense of humor about this. And then all of a sudden we're like, Oh, Neil Patrick Harris. Like he'll say, he'll think it's funny. Like if he sees it, he'll like have an appreciation and that's where right. it just stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems now, like perfect. Uh, well, Elizabeth Banks. So Elizabeth Banks ended up seeing the show and she picked it up and it's being hosted right now on her female-driven platform called hoohaha.com. So she's got, like, the female version of Funny or Die, where she's trying okay. to promote and, and um, you know, feature up-and-coming female writers and comedians. And so she's launched it. She, like, launched it on her site. And she's really good friends with him. So she just launched it on there a few months ago. So we're, we're hoping that um, he has seen it or... She's like finally showed him. I don't know if she was waiting to like get a bit of a following first before she shows it to him, but but I mean like come on, he's gotta like it, right? Like it's not I mean, he we're I mean, like what, paying homage to him. We're like yeah. worshipping him basically. From from what I've seen too of him, like he seems like the one that would say like I, I want to appear in this. Yeah, right? 
I mean, that's what we were like. We like had all these like fantasies in our head. We're just like, okay, he'll come in in season two. Um, wouldn't it be funny if he's actually our doctor? Like we we had a whole we have a whole bunch of scenarios <laughs> for him. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that is so awesome. Yeah, that is so awesome. Now the other yeah. one you had was um, killing the apo- uh, apologetic girl, and mm-hmm. that one was on Funny or Die. Yeah, that one just got picked up by Funny or Die. It's one of their featured new shows. They have a new um, platform called Cinematique, but it's basically if you go to Funny or Die, you you can like find it there. But they have a, a new platform where they're launching their um, like series or or longer, rather than just like a one off kind of. Right, you know, content or they have where they're actually launching like series and like maybe like a little bit longer films. Yeah. So that can be seen there. Now, one thing too, I noticed like a lot of the same people appear in all your shorts. Also, I guess it's like your whole little crew you got going on. Yeah. You kind of like end up developing like a little family, you know, and everybody starts to wear lots of hats and it just kind of grows. Like the first thing that we did actually was killing the apologetic girl. And we had a small crew and um, one of our PAs who had just moved here from Detroit, he was like looking, he was like here a week and he was looking for work. And so a friend was like, Oh, I got, you know, this friend, he, he's looking to help and to kind of get into the business. So I was like, great, we'll need PAs. So we came on as a PA and it was like four days of shooting. And on the last day of shooting, this kid, he's like slinging jokes to me, like trying to find alternates for my character to say. And everyone was like, I can't believe that's so ballsy of a PA slinging jokes to one of the writers. But he made me laugh and they were so funny. He actually ended up directing Neil Patrick and Harris. So he ended up editing my shorts and then he ended up directing and editing Neil Patrick and Harris. So it's like, you just kind of meet people and then you kind of grow, you know, and then more people get added into the mix and yeah, it becomes like this little family and this little like production company. And it's, it's awesome because everybody's like has something to offer and does a great, it's great at what it is that they do, you know? So it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Do you do like stand up at all either or, or just like strictly with the writing and acting? Yeah, I used to do like I did do um I did stand up like as a character. I used to do this like myself. I would disguise myself like just completely so that and I would test it out. Like I would test this character and I would walk around like the Beverly Center out here and I, I and and I knew my character was ready once I walked into where my friend was working the store and she didn't know who I was and she was like waiting on me. And then I took the glasses, I took the retainer off. I like took my hair out. I took the Vaseline out of my eyebrows, you know, and she was like, what? And so then I was like, yes, I'm ready. So then I did stand up as this character, but then I just started writing sketch comedy and I did a lot of like sketch shows and, and improv shows, but I'm missing stand-up. It's really weird. I'm like, it's been a long time, but I'm missing that platform. And I and I I'm I started sitting down to write some jokes to to go back out and 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 give it like a try, but as me, not as the character, not as the character I used to do, but as me. No, no, it's funny because um, with the whole stand-up and all, I, you were a finalist for the Andy Kaufman Award. I saw. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, there, there, yeah, yeah. I was like, they took the 10 to go to like Vegas for like this big show for the award. And I was like the 11th person and didn't end up being able to like make it to the Vegas. But yeah, it was pretty cool. It was cool. It was like during the time when they did like Houston Comedy Fest and Montreal. Yeah. Now, do you, do you know Andy's uh, by chance uh, his his old writing guy uh, Bob Zamuda? No, I don't. Oh, oh Bob, he uh, he's written a couple books about Andy, and he was like Andy's like right hand guy. He was the guy that was uh, Tony Clifton. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had Bob on the show like it's probably like two years ago at least. Um, he wrote a book uh, that Andy was still alive, and it was, I guess it's coming up on, at that point, the 40th anniversary of Andy's passing, and Andy was going to come back from the grave and all this stuff, and we had him on the show. <sighs> and the hate, because I have the video up on YouTube, the interview on YouTube, <sighs> and every day I just get these notifications of people with the hatred towards Bob. I feel so bad. Like, it's just Oh, insane. no. Yeah, you know, the the love that people can just spread on YouTube, it's just amazing. But, yeah, that, it, when I saw the the Andy Kaufman Award, I always think of uh, Bob Zamuda now when I see Andy's name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, Andy Kaufman was just – oh, he's brilliant. He is just yeah. amazing. He was so, like – he was amazing. I actually started re-watching Taxi again just to watch him and – and my family, actually, my father, my dad's side of the family is from Latvia. So um, we always had, you know, he was, my dad, like, loved watching Latka, you know, from Latvia on Taxi. So, because it was just, like, from where, where from. So, yeah. So Andy Kaufman was, like, big in our house. Are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, oh, there. Can you hear me? Well, yes, I can. I, I'm guessing my one of my co-hosts is having an issue with his uh, with his. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so yes. Uh, uh, there's like a lot. There's there's lots of fire. Yeah, there's lots of fire engines going by right now. Anyway. <laughs> wow. There you go. All right. So you're having more excitement than we are right now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm kind of lost. <laughs> no, that's attention. okay. Uh, so so anyway. Um, hmm. Are you watching Rocky? No, who's watching? But I do hear it. <laughs> I do Rocky. hear it. That's awesome. Who's watching Rocky? <laughs> I, I don't know which that's, one of my co-hosts that is, but uh, <laughs> that's kind of brilliant. <laughs> I wish I was. How how much more awesome would I, I have just gone up in your book if I was actually? There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I the tiger. We're having fun. Totally. I'm uh, doing like my pre-workout. I'm about ready to go on my run. Workout. Go to the gym. Getting pumped up. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm not sure who, which one of my co-hosts that is. 
I would assume that was Bay, but uh, you know it could be Nick as well. Um, and I don't That's know where either brilliant. are right. So I don't. That's hilarious. <laughs> that is great. Um, That's so great. Okay. So where awesome. were we? So can any? I know. Can anybody hear you? Or are we like? Are we still live? Uh, I'm assuming we are because I'm not in control of the of the, uh, of the situation. I, I, That's kind of awesome like, to everybody listening. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm I'm just like you. I was calling in just like you, but I'm one of the co-hosts. Um, That's without awesome. Any any of the uh, uh, equipment. That's why. Awesome. I wasn't even paying attention at the time. I was I was doing something and and everything goes silent. So, uh, oh, can you guys hear me? There oh, you go. Hey, now we do. What's up? I don't know what's going on. Bay is somehow disconnected. I I I don't even know if he knows. No, you know what? But, I, uh, now I'm I like yeah. I'm back. Can you hear me? I'm on my phone now. Yes. There you go. <laughs> That's Holy awesome. Shit. I love everything that just happened in the past two minutes. That's awesome. And, and I missed no, it all. No, this is like the I best show ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what, I didn't what know did what I was miss? going on. You made me get back involved. <laughs> That's awesome. See, this is like this is like improv dream. Like this is the kind of stuff you like want to happen. <laughs> like people are like, wait, is this real? Is this part of it, or did they really lose connection? No, this, this is all really. That was really happened. And, oh, and yeah, awesome. it, it's novel for you, but when it happens to you a few times, it gets a little old. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what though? If she wasn't like an improv person, she would have hung up. So she was she was along for the ride. She was into it. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Totally. I was I, I was just like picking at my toenails. I was just like sitting here and I was like all of a sudden I started hearing the music. I was like, sweet, I am a tiger. This is awesome. <laughs> that was the first song in the system that I had. I'm like, all right, that's cute. I'll play that and let's probably figure out what the hell is going on here. <laughs> oh, oh God, my I love word. It. Awesome. So, uh, so, so the last question I was asking before I got rudely interrupted was, uh, so what are you working on now? <laughs> ah, so I um, so I wrote a show with uh, Lucy Davis from The Office, and uh, did you see Wonder Woman? Yes. And it, yeah, she played uh, Chris Pine's character's. Secretary. She played Etta Candy. Okay. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. So that's, we wrote a little web series. We wrote a show that Scott Adsit from 30 Rock directed. And we are having that edited right now. And we have like a great, we have a, such a killer cast. We have James Pickens Jr. from Grey's Anatomy. We have Mikey Madison from Better Things. We have Chris Stanley from Mad Men, like it's a great cast. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it's really awesome. We got 28 amazing actors and it's another six part web series. And um, 
we're that's that's being edited now. So we're super excited to get out there with that and and pitch that show, and show that, and then um, and then um, yeah, and then I'm I, I'm I'm writing another writing another show. So just like just writing and working and I'm and a movie actually I forgot I just got cast in this movie um, that starts shooting November first with uh, I play J T Jackson's wife. He's awesome this guy I just met him yesterday it was like our meet and greet and he's so freaking funny this guy so I'm really excited to work with him it's going to be fun that's awesome so it, yeah it, it sounds like the, the whole world of like these little comedy short things I mean this is like a whole big thing going on then right now yeah 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 I mean like I think people are just like are, are like I think they're just like reinventing. Like it's it's cool because people are like taking their own control with their careers. You know what I mean? And so like right. doing stuff and being like, what? Well, and and that's kind of what's happening. And I've just kind of had this awesome little community of people that we're we're doing this stuff with. And they're and then from that, it's like people have seen me and stuff, and then have like contacted me. Um, uh, the guy who who wrote this he co-wrote it with this awesome female director. She's directing her first feature. She won the jury award at Cannes for her short and uh, her short went to Sundance and now she's directing her first feature. And the guy who wrote it with her is Torkel Knutson. He is like the Farley brothers of Sweden. He wrote oh, wow. uh, this movie called Naked. Yeah. And Marlon Wayans Jr., did the movie, um, the remake of the movie for Netflix that's out now, and J.T. Jackson is in that, and and it's based on this guy Torkel's movie, and now he and this woman Iggy are doing this feature, and and they cast J.T. because they know him from Naked, and then they saw my stuff, and. Um, and, and cast me opposite him. So it's cool. So it's like, it kind of like, it's like one of those things that, you know, it, it kind of work begets work. You do what you love and then hopefully people will see it and, you know, and, and, and appreciate it and, and uh, it can lead to other stuff. Right. I mean, it, it's basically, it seems like now it's like uh compared to the music world where a person can put together, you know, their own song and blah, 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 and get it on iTunes and this and that. And it's now like where writers and actors can do that now with these little shorts. Exactly. Exactly. You can just like, exactly. You can kind of create your own career and like what you exactly what you want to do. And people's like attention span isn't that long anymore anyway. So that's kind of why right. I started doing these web series. I was like, Oh, I can tell a story, like do little episodes within five minutes. I love this, <laughs> you know, so it worked. That's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. You know, it, it, you know, it's funny too. Like I, I just realized too, and I just remembered like the way this whole interview happened was I had put a picture up on Instagram of tomato pie and you responded <laughs> to it and you were like, I what is this and why do food. I Exactly. <laughs> so it all happened from a food picture, and you were like, "You need to explain to me why I want this and why I would need to have this in my life." 
Exactly. I was like, that looks so amazing. Sell me on it. Go. It was pretty much that. I mean, I love food, and I was. I was like, I can look at food like porn. And I was just like, oh, my God, like, explain every detail to me. Yeah, that's right. That's how this whole thing started. That's funny. <laughs> so, in other words, you were surfing food, hashtag food porn on Instagram and came across my picture, <laughs> and, and there you go. And a relationship There you started. go. The rest is history, and now we're best friends. <laughs> Look at that. How about that? <laughs> and now you just got to come to Philly for tomato pie and uh, solidify the deal. I've never been to Philly, so I seriously need to. Oh, my God. I'll I tell know. You what, it's a shame. That tomato pie is it, – it's unfucking believable It really is. It, it looks so good. Like, I literally kept thinking about it. I was like, are you serious? Like, you've got to be kidding me with that thing. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The, the funny thing is that place, they, they literally win best of Philly for tomato pie like every year, hands down. And you go in this place and they make so much each day. And usually by like one or two o'clock in the afternoon, like it's gone. It's sold out. And they'll make really? giant, yeah, they make giant pizzas of it. And one whole pizza, if you buy a whole pizza, it's got 32 slices in it. Oh my That's God. how big it is. Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. How do you carry that? Like on your head? It, it, it literally takes up like the whole back seat of a car. Yeah, it has to. That's 32 slices. That's going to be huge. Yeah. What's the, a regular is like what? Eight, tw- eight 12 slices? Well, it, yeah, one of their regular, well, they break it down into, uh, into quarters. So it's eight, yeah. Yeah. 32. It, it's, it, it's crazy. 32. Yeah. Oh my God, that's like heaven to me. Because, as a matter of fact, that was so um, we uh, every year, like the end of the summer, like my whole family would go down to the Jersey Shore for a vacation, and there's like thirty something of us goofy Italians, and uh, I live close to, or I work right by this place, and my cousins every year like, you gotta go get the tomato pie, get the tomato pie, and that was the picture I had put up was the picture of the tomato pie that you responded to when we were down the shore. So. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. That's so great. I love that. Look at that. Like, you never know. You know what I mean? You never know yeah. where the day is going to lead. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because then, then I, like, looked up you, and I'm saying I saw the, the Neil Patrick Harris thing. I'm like, oh, we got to get her on the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you watched it. You liked it. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. Cool. This, this, yeah. this has been cool, man. This has been a lot of fun. I'm, I'm glad we uh, we got this together. Now, like I said, yeah. Just Definitely. Come to tomato pie. Cheese steak, Seriously. tomato pie. And, and, Seriously. And then finish it off with the, the new thing now is the Philly taco. Oh, what's that? Uh, you, you see, you're going to have to look this one up. Down on, uh, on South okay. Street, they have uh, on 3rd and South is Lorenzo's Pizza, where it's uh, a normal... Uh, you know, shaped pizza, and it's okay. literally the size of your freaking head. Like <gasps> the the pizza and I got is a big so head, big. So, yeah, it, it, I'll tell you what, it, it it'll be bigger than your head. Well, now what people are doing is they're going up the street to Fourth and South to Jim's Steaks. They buy a cheesesteak and they wrap the slice of pizza around it like a taco. Oh, it's a silly taco! My God. That's amazing. Yep. Sure. That's amazing. That is, okay. That is 
food porn squared. <laughs> so. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. That sounds yep. so amazing. That sounds so good. Yeah. And I haven't had dinner tonight yet. So literally. Because when yeah. I was What's there, that? not a good thing. It's not a good thing? When I was there <laughs> years ago, the Philly taco was not a good thing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Like, I, I, I'm trying desperately to lose weight, so I, I'm not doing it. Like, it, it's killing me because I keep seeing it more and more, people doing it. Yeah. And I want to do it so bad. And I'm just like, the fat guy in me is, like, screaming to do it. And oh, then the fat no. guy in me is screaming at me <laughs> not to do it. So, yeah. You'll be like the first episode. You'll be like the opening scene in our in our series. What happens is in the first thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what would happen? I would be I would be the girl in the middle of Neil Patrick and Harris taking the dump on the yes. toilet. Exactly. That's what would happen. You'd be Harris, the Harris character. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. It's too freaking so funny. Good. Okay. So, I, so, so let's let's give the plugs out. Let's tell everybody where they can find you and see all these great funny things and keep up to date and all that fun stuff. Yeah, um, and if you want to watch, Neil Patrick and Harris is on hoohaha dot com, which is w h o h a h a dot com, or I think it's also on YouTube. But uh, it's Neil Patrick and Harris: The Chronicles of Conjoined Triplets. And then uh, uh, Killing the Apologetic Girl is on Funny or Die. And then people can always go to my website, KimberlyAbolton.com, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-A-B-O-L-T-I-N.com. And you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. And I announce all the stuff. And they can uh... – Enjoy the nice promo picture of uh, Neil Patrick Harris uh, with with you guys uh, mimicking the Kardashian picture. Yeah, any opportunity to go ahead and do that will yeah just bash. Exactly, yeah. So we we totally replicated the Hollywood Reporter. Classic, <laughs> yeah. freaking classic. Oh, yeah, too funny. So, all right, yeah. yeah. Well, this is uh, this has been great, Kim. I, I'm glad we uh, we did this, and uh, we got to keep in touch. And uh, when more stuff is coming out, we got to get out there and plug it for you. Yeah, definitely. I think I think what we should do uh, after we shoot the the movie, get, this movie, get lucky. JT Jackson's hysterical. Like, I'm totally volunteering him without even asking. But it would be great to like fill you in. You know, talk to you guys with him about the movie. Um, he's yeah. just a really funny guy. Yeah, it would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're like like we're Team Kimberly uh, a Bolton. We're not Team Kimberly Kardashian. So yeah, we're in. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I like you guys. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, too funny. Too well, thanks funny. for having me, you guys. And uh, yeah, for sure. Keep in touch. Absolutely. Cool. I'm happy now. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) We'll talk soon, and uh, we'll be sending Uh, more food porn pictures to you. Yes, please. Thank you. I I, I need that tonight for my late night. (laughs) Oh, it's too funny. All right, Uh, you guys. All right, Kim. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Okay, bye. 
All right, well, there she goes, Kimberly at Bolton. Check her out. She was funny. Dude, I, you know, I, I'm glad I remembered that. Like, this whole thing started was from a picture of Corpolese tomato pie. And, and that's really and funny. I, I, I start getting comments from this girl. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And it's like, okay, what is this? Explain this to me, and why would I love this, and why do I need this in my life? I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like very rare people comment or actually physically comment on a picture on Instagram or, or at least on mine. And I'm like, who is this strange girl commenting on my food picture? And, and then I'm looking, and I'm like, ah, she's like an actress or something. And I'm like, okay. And I start looking her up and all. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, it might be kind of funny to have her on the show. That's really funny, man. That's she crazy. also helped. She also helped to prove the point of my English teacher thirty years ago. <laughs> What's that? My English teacher told me, "When you don't pay attention, that's when you're called upon." So, so, so dude, I don't even know what happened. It just died out. <laughs> I don't either. I'm standing. I'm. I'm sitting here now, uh, and basically the phone was next to the computer. I was doing some work, and I didn't have the speaker up loud, but I could still hear. Uh, and all of a sudden, everything went silent. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? Did I hang up? And all I hear her say is, hello, is anybody there? And I'm like, uh, can you hear me? And I didn't oh, that's know. funny. To be honest with you. I wasn't even paying attention to this chick's name when you said it. <laughs> so I didn't even know her name. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to explain to her that I'm not in control of this. <laughs> and that uh, uh, I wasn't even paying attention to the conversation. <laughs> so I was going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, she's like, are we live on the air still? And I'm like, I'm assuming we are, if I can still hear you. So, <laughs> and where were we? Oh, man. That's really funny. Now, I'm going to tell you the truth. I just stayed on mute because I didn't know who we were talking to. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just, I wasn't paying enough attention, so I heard Jimmy talk, so I just stayed on mute. I was Oh, you're okay, will be back. <laughs> I was like, oh. "Where's Nick?" My my whole thing it was, I was like, "Where's Nick?" Damn it! But I don't know what to say to this girl. So that's why I came in. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then we heard, and then we were hearing. I was like, "Wait a minute, is that Rocky I hear?" <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not. She's like, but I hear the music. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I didn't know what, like, what the fuck was going on. And I'm like, so I was like, oh, let me, like, I didn't know if you guys dropped or if it was on my end. So I'm like, let me hit the music and see if I can um hear the music. And then I couldn't hear the music. I'm like, oh, fuck. So that's when I, like, I pulled my phone out. And I was scrambling to call in. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what the hell. I thought, to be honest with you, I really thought that you dropped uh, Bay and that Nick was watching Rocky or something. 
and walked away from the <laughs> That's where I did it. Because I was like, what the hell? Where's this music coming from? I know it wasn't me, and she said it wasn't her. And and Bay's probably gone otherwise. <laughs> oh, man. It was very abrupt that you that you dropped out. You dropped out in, like, the middle of what you were saying. So... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, it sounds awkward as hell. I'm not joining in. I... <laughs> well, thank oh, you very shit. much. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> left left oh, me man. out to dry. I was like, wait, because I was the one that answered. But you know oh. what? Like, that's the truth, though. Like, if it was somebody else. Like, they would have been like, oh, fuck this, and bailed or whatever. But uh, being the fact that she is, like, the improv person, like, you know, I mean, she was, like, in, totally in her element and, and was, like, in for it. Yeah, I she mean, you have to have actually, a good sense of humor about it. She was laughing. She was saying it was, like, the funniest thing. And I was, too, but I did – I was so I, – I, I was like, okay, well, what happens if he doesn't come back? And I don't know. Oh, man. So I was like, I really asked her, I was like, where were you guys? Oh. Now, oh. my go-to when, when Bay drops, my go-to is just to ask them to plug their shit. And usually by the time they're done, Bay comes back. <laughs> yeah, well that that, that was my that was going to be my next thing, but I wanted to, you know, make sure that it wasn't, you know, she wasn't in the middle of saying something. <laughs> I was like, where were you guys? And then by that time, they popped back on and went, hey, I'm back. Went, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That was cool, though, man. She was super cool. Yeah, man, she was funny. <laughs> I, you know, it, it was kind of like at, at first too. Like I was really uh, starting to get nervous. Like going through, I was like, you know, there's not much there. And then I started finding out all this stuff. Like, I mean, that's fucked up. She was like on her way to become a doctor, and, and she just gave that up to go try to become a, a, a writer, an actress. I mean, that takes balls. No, totally. Yeah. Oh man, good stuff. <laughs> so it, it, it ended up being a, a, a good, uh, good night of interviews. So I'm, I'm happy. I was nervous. I get nervous, like when you, you know, when sometimes it like, um, you know, where people, it's not like a huge body of work. Like I kind of get nervous. Right, you know, just like. Uh... What do you? What the hell are you going to talk about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to kind of hope that they have a personality. Yeah, like uh, her personality totally helped. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, all right, um... It's 11 o'clock. 
Do, do you really want to run down the top three Tom Petty songs? I mean, it's up to you. He'll be dead next week, too. <laughs> <laughs> you can run them down. You don't, have to, you don't have to play each one of them, though. I think everybody knows you, Tom Petty. That takes the, that, that, it's the song. Yeah. Without you know, playing them, though, it takes the, the fun out of it. You just wanted to run through it. your list and all. It takes the fun out of it, not playing them, though. Oh, there you go. All right, what's the next week? Because by that time, they'll have the memorial. Next week can be the memorial Tom Petty uh, list song list. There you go. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what your guest schedule looks like, Faye, but that's an interesting... Uh, I wonder if you could have a couple musician friends call in and discuss Tom Petty, and you know what I mean? Like, that might be still a good segment. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Next week's show, um, our guests oh, are yeah. uh, Loretta Swit from MASH. Oh, yeah. And, um... Uh, Aaron Dickens, who uh, was a member of Manhattan Transfer, which their big hit was, uh, which, Janetta, you should know this. Yeah. Boogie Woogie. You know what it is? Yep. Ooh-ah, ooh-ah, poo-poo kitty. Talk about the boy from New York City. Yeah. Jimmy Vian. You are so That was Christ. 1981, <laughs> that song came out. I just, like, looked it up on. Yeah, I was two. <laughs> you was two. <laughs> oh, boy. That's pretty wild. Like, and, and, you know, um, the girl, Erin, uh, girl, woman, lady, you know, Really nice. She uh, she friended me on Facebook, and uh, she she lives up in like Northern Maryland, but she also uh, like has a house or something up here in PA, like out by King of Prussia. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, next week's pretty exciting, though. I mean, that's a come on. Once again, we're into Absolutely. the domain of classic television. I am uh, Mash is is one of my top five TV shows. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. As soon as uh, I saw, um, because uh, the, the PR person actually it's the same PR person for both of them, um, uh, Harland and. He's also the one who's gotten us Donnie Moose and Anson Williams and um, Nellie Olson and um, some others too over the years. And uh, he has like a lot of the uh, the older time you know, Hollywood actors and actresses. And when I saw Loretta Swit was on his list, I you know I, I said to him one day he because uh, usually he very rarely do these PR people actually call you. Mostly it's mostly by email, but he always. Um, will call. So he called me the one day and we were talking and I said to him, I said, uh, you know, I was going through your list. Is there anybody else available? He's like, well, of course. Who do you want? And um, so I mentioned Loretta Swift just because for Janetti. 
because, you know, all, all these people we have on the show, very rarely do we get somebody on there that Jeanette cares about. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right. I, 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 think, I think it's about time we start giving back to Jeanette. There you go. That's sweet of you. I've, I've loved MASH ever since. I mean, I watched, I was 10 when the original, or yeah, somewhere in there, 10 or 11 when the original, when the finale. Uh, yeah. of mash uh, you know so and and watched it and through all the reruns I have the box set which includes the the original movie uh, you know of everything and, and it was a great show you know I didn't it understand was, much of it when I was 10 I didn't understand much of it <laughs> mind you but, yeah, as I grew older, I grew more pre- – it was like watching Looney Tunes when you were a kid. You don't notice the jokes that are being made until you grow up and keep watching them. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start getting that shit. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just like that. That's awesome. I mean, this is another notch in, like, the totally driven belt, though, like, this is going to go up there with, like, Raj from What's Happening. You know what I'm saying? Cindy Williams. The, like, this, the, like we're, we're filling our classic television section in nicely. Yeah. She, she's you know an icon. I mean? Absolutely. 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 Uh, and the, the other one, I, I, it's going to be a little tougher to uh, to get done, not to get done, but it, it just timing. Um, Julie Newmar, because yeah. now, I I didn't know this. Like that's one that we would have to tape during the day. Um, I didn't I didn't know this when I requested this, but she has um, a son who is uh, autistic, and okay. she has help during the day um, in taking care of him. But from a certain point on, I think it's like from six o'clock at night on, um, yeah, she's on her own with him, so she won't be able to do a live interview with us. So we'd have to tape it. Right. Oh wow, that's another big one, man. That's uh, she's eighty-four years old. I'm looking her up now. She's really the last one of, uh, you know, her and, and uh, Mark, what's his name? Burt Ward. They're the only two left in Batman. Nah. So sad. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, let's see. Uh, Eartha Kitt. She's gone. Is she gone. No, she's still around. No. Lee yeah, Merriweather's alive. Was it Lee sure. Merriweather? I think. Maybe. Wasn't she one of the Catwoman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I think she might be alive, but I, um, I kind of think maybe it was recently that she died. I don't know. Yeah. I have to look that up. Hmm. Look yeah, at those. You know those. 
Yeah, the three cat. That'd be funny though. The three cat women are still alive, and everybody else is gone. Yeah, they know where they're still alive. She's eighty-two. Who was your favorite out of those? Out of the three? Me? Yeah. Um, I'd say Julie Newmar was mine. Yeah, I would say Julie Newmar too. Yeah. Um, Lee Merriweather wasn't around enough or wasn't in enough uh, to really get me noticed. Because, I mean, honestly, I didn't start watching those until I was like maybe five or six. Right. And by that time, you know, that had been off the air since, you know, whenever. So we didn't always right. see every episode. Like, you'd see a couple times it'd be Kurt Birth uh, or Eartha Kitt. But it was very rare, maybe one or two episodes that they would run, and then the others would be Julie Newmar. Those are the ones that they ran the most when they ran them. Is Eartha Kitt still alive, or she died? See, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I I thought she was gone. I think Eartha Kitt. I think Eartha Kitt died. Hang on. I could have swore she died a couple years ago. Maybe. Uh, yeah, um, Christ, 2008. More than a couple of years ago. Um, well, I think. She, yeah. you know, I think. I think she's dead too. But when I was a kid, man, it was all about back girls, dude. Yvonne Craig yeah. was. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She passed away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, I mean, uh, Romero's dead, right? Burgess Meredith's dead. Frank's dead. Yeah. John yeah. Ashton's dead. All of them. Vincent Price. All the originals. Yeah. I'll tell you uh, what, though. I mean, Julie, I mean, 84 years old, she's still fucking beautiful. Yeah. I saw that uh, they did that deal where it was on the Home and Family show uh, where they had the new Catwoman, what's her name? Bianca, or whatever the hell her name is. Okay. Yeah, and Julie Newmar came on. Uh, oh, really? They had yeah, classic and new Catwoman meet. Oh wow! Yeah, it's on YouTube somewhere. You can see it. It's uh, yeah, Julie so, Newmar meets whatever the girl's name is. As as that show goes on, like she she just totally has the Michelle Pfeiffer vibe. Oh, yeah, it's okay. so scary. It she really is. I mean, yeah, it, honestly, it really, it really. Like, like that's the Selena Somebody Kyle shrunk that she's going to be. Yeah. Somebody that's shrunk crazy. Michelle Pfeiffer and put her in <laughs> So, yeah, it really Who's cricket is that? <laughs> I was just wondering. I I was like, is that a heart monitor? <laughs> it's my cricket. Where the fuck it's is that? My at? cricket. They hit my basement. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know what's funny? The funny part is my live video pre-show uh, video I did. Yes. Black man commented about the cricket. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to tell you, if you go to Walmart for, like, 15 bucks, you can get this thing 
that plugs into your wall, and it's an ultrasonic test deterrent, and it'll keep the crickets out of your office. Really? Yeah, I have one in my little man cave here. It's supposed to keep out rodents, too, but I don't buy that. Um, but, it just, I, I mean, I never – we have tons of them here, too, and I, was, I never have a problem, dude. Hmm. Totally works. Like scorpions. Yeah, no. <laughs> I've been I've been I've been stung four times since I've been in Phoenix. Yeah, I know. That's so fucked up. It really is. The last time was in the face. Yeah. <laughs> See, that sucks, man. Dude. That's just fucked up on every level. Yeah. It really is. Uh, because I have no idea when it happened. Like, I just remember it. You know what I mean? And it was, uh, and I've been, it, the other times were in the legs and in the arms. But people, they'll crawl in your shoes, man. You know what I mean? Like, they're so small and they can be, like, golden and brown and stuff. So they blend in with, like, everything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Screw that. I thought the lizards were bad down here. At least they don't bite you. <laughs> yeah. We have, like, geckos, but that's pretty much yeah. it. They don't I want to get Bay a lizard. I want to give Bay a lizard right now and take care of that fucking cricket. <laughs> that's funny. And you know what? I'm so, like, used to it. Like, I don't even realize it until you guys say it. <laughs> it's like, uh we're hearing crickets. <laughs> that oh, was always awesome. bay, bay, that's always the sound that they tell you you don't want to hear in wrestling. Right, right. That's the sound Jimmy heard when you dropped off of the phone line. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> we were like, uh, and so here we are. We're back. Um, oh, that's, that's funny. funny. Yeah, that I was hearing. I had the tiger, so this little thing was working out. Something. Working out, I had the tiger. Oh, shit, yeah, shit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so let me, uh. Yeah, and the the following week after that, it's supposed to be the Bigfoot show, but I haven't heard back from any people to do this. Bigfoot show. Like, I was hoping to get some, like, Bigfoot, you know what I mean? Like, some of these Bigfoot research people on the show. There has been no updates in the Bigfoot case in, like, 20 years. <laughs> like, I mean, but you I know, know. I know what you mean, like, a uh, cryptozoologist or some shit like that. Dude, I don't know. These people got Bigfoot shows. These Sasquatchers and... Oh, yeah. I want to know what happens. What happens once they find it? It's gonna rip off their fucking arms. That's what's gonna happen. Because it's Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, like, you know? <laughs> they're not gonna be able to run their little show anymore after that. Because it won't be finding Bigfoot. It would be we found him. Found yeah. Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, those shows are so out. ridiculous because it's like these old rednecks out in the woods. Like what? What happens when they encounter it? You know what I mean? Like, somebody's going to die. <laughs> they're 
they're out there with these big sirens, like doing fucking uh, Bigfoot calls. Like, how do you know what a sirens are? Yeah, but the, the scary part is these people like have made a living on searching for Bigfoot. Yeah, no, no, they've made a living on people's stupidity because they watch that shit. Yeah, no, uh, it's true though. <clears throat> you know, I'd like to believe that there are monsters in the world too. I say monsters. You know, things that, that we don't understand. They're not there. <laughs> where they were, no. maybe they died out, you know, a long time ago, or they turned into us, you know. No, like it, it, you just have to be realistic about it. Like a month ago, before it went into orbit and crashed on the planet, we were sent back by the final pictures from a rover that was sent to Saturn. Okay, so. If they can get fucking pictures of Saturn, they would have found one of these apes by now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like <laughs> somebody, somebody somewhere would have said, "Hey, <laughs> we know where he is." Yeah, day yeah. and age, That's... it would. Somebody would have Facebook lived it by now. Yeah, right. That monster alligator that they found. There's video of him. You know, oh, man. there's video yeah. of a big octopus that they found, a giant octopus in the in the thing. You know, there's no pictures of Bigfoot. There's no pictures of the Loch Ness monster. Um, I know it's it's fucking crazy. We have crystal clear pictures of what the surface of Saturn looks like, but every picture of Bigfoot is pixelated. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, I, cameras don't even work like that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand <laughs> how it's still pixelated. Yeah, right? So, oh, man. Because you're telling me that not one dude with a GoPro has caught Bigfoot. It, it, it yeah. doesn't exist then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're putting these, they're putting those cameras like those, those uh, cameras that the, the forest, that basically, I forget what they are. They're, they're like uh, motion cameras. So as soon as something comes near it, it, it turns on. Uh, they've been putting those things up in the woods for the last 10 years. They haven't found nothing. I Deer crazy. There's like yeah, bunnies yeah. hopping past the fucking camera. Hey, you know what's fucked up? You were saying like up in trees and all. Um, the one, one of the owners of the, the dealership I'm at, um, he also owns a, a bunch of properties. So he has this guy that, um, you know, he's like, he's a, a contractor, does like a lot of his contracting work for him and all. And so the guy's coming, he comes in the dealership a lot and like does work around the, the, the building for the dealership too. And so I see this guy come in and out a lot over the last, Christ, I've been there almost six years. Um, so, uh, the other day, the dude says, the owner says to me, he goes, yo, you know my uh, my guy, the, you know, I don't even know his name. I, I never even knew his name, but you know, the redheaded guy that comes in and does all my work for him. I'm like, yeah. He goes, he's fucking paralyzed from the neck down. I'm like, what? Here, the fucking dude um, got drunk, and 
asked his friend to take him to his hunting spot. He wanted to go hunting for a few hours and they like give him like four hours. Like he's been having it here a month ago. The dude's girlfriend fucking blew her head off in front of him. So he's been like, naturally like, yeah, like really fucking fucked up. And he's like, you know, just, I just wanted to have some time alone and go, um, go hunting for a while, clear my head and shit. So, um, he was kind of tanked up and all the the fucking girl that took him there. Well, she he said to her, you know, come back at this time and meet me here at this spot. So she went back. She's fucking waiting and waiting. Fucking hour passes. She's calling and calling. No answer, no answer. So she calls like a couple of their friends to come help her look for him. And a couple, uh, I guess his buddies, knew where his spot was. Um, where his tree stand was, and they went and fucking, here he fell out of the tree stand. He was under the fucking thing. Um, he, uh, I, I, he hasn't given me an update yet, but he's been, I guess, like in a coma and all. He's got brain trauma. He's paralyzed now from the neck down. He broke his neck and back in like four or five different places. Like Holy hell. Yeah. Like he, and... Uh, my boss was telling me, he's like, this fucking dude was all about um, building things and, and, you know, working and fixing and working with his hands and hunting. He's like, if he fucking wakes up and has any sense of, you know, uh, reality or or anything, depending on how bad the fucking brain trauma is, he's going to be so fucking pissed that they didn't just let him die. That is, yeah, I, I understand exactly what you're saying, though, man, because it's just like, what the fuck do you do with the rest of your life? Right. Yeah. Damn. Holy hell. Ah, see? He would need a bump stock. <laughs> yeah, he would. You can send your letters to Jimmy Janetti at Gmail. <laughs> send your pictures to dear old Captain Noah. Red and yellow and pink and. Purple and orange and blue. <laughs> uh, this is Jimmy's show tonight, man. It's <laughs> <No. laughs> to me when I don't pay attention. Mm-mm-mm. He's been coming out of a shell more, Janetti. He's been talking more. The world is getting stupider by the day. Absolutely. So, all right. Well, hey, uh, you know, it's been a fun show tonight, guys. Okay? Yeah, it's good. It's like the fourth show in a row that we haven't got to the top list, so. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and that's like even we didn't even have Kristen tonight. And... I know. I know you probably said it, but what happened to her? She's she's got a she's working with this new company, and they have her working like wherever she's uh whatever she's covering, she's like on set. And she said she would be uh she would be the on set until uh ten thirty our time. Oh. Yeah. So it's gonna be like uh like week by week as she gets her schedule for Thursday. Um she'll keep us updated. So she let me know uh Tuesday. Which now, now I sent the, you know, I sent you guys the message the other day about those other two options, and I sent a message to the one about coming on. Right. No response. Like I fucking hate that. I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. Reddit instantly. Let me guess. It, let me guess. It was the one that I was against. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the I, one I that had a show that. before. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Like the last time I sent him a message was about uh, something else, and it took him like three weeks to answer me. Like, <laughs> dude, I know you're busy. Just say I I can't make it. Like, I'm trying to fucking plan yeah. a show here. So, he just blew that shot. Well, you, I mean, uh, we're good. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's... I can talk about my internet or comic books. We run at a time every week as it is, so... Yeah, I know. Yo, so going back to earlier in the night, I, I just want you to know that Tyrese has put out a new comment where he calls The Rock a clown and says that he's responsible for, for breaking up their family. <laughs> Who said that? Oh, man. He is such a bitch. Like, <laughs> Who said this? Tyrese said it about The Rock because of the Fast and the Furious and all. This just sounds like a dude that's just angry that he didn't get asked to be part of it. He's like, I'm the other black guy. How am I not in this? Like, (laughs) oh, man. (laughs) He called him a clown, though. Poor Tyrese. I, you know what? You know what would be entertaining? Dare him to say it to his face. Yeah. <laughs> Rock might be a clown, but he's a big clown. And he's fucking laughing at Tyrese. Yeah, right? He was the highest paid uh, entertainer, I think, one, one year. It was a couple of years ago. One of the higher, one, yeah. one of the highest entertainers of the year that, that year. 
just is really like it's so bitchy, babe. He says like he's like I just want the Rock to know that you guys really broke up the Fast Family. I tried to warn you guys that everybody thought I was hating. I was just fighting to keep the family together. He's just mad because he wasn't the only person on the poster. Like, oh, God. Wow. <laughs> wow. We don't fly solo. We do it together. So he's mad that he's doing a solo movie. That's what it is. Like, And you know damn right well. If it was Tyrese getting the spinoff, that motherfucker would be like, fuck you guys. He said, I got three years of venting over this clown. So it's like they've had a problem for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The only reason that they're doing the spinoff is because it's The Rock doing it. It wouldn't have been that if The Rock didn't do it or if they didn't have The Rock in the show that they would have given it to Tyrese the special spinoff. Well, that's what Tyrese is saying, that they originally they offered him and Ludacris a spinoff back in, you know, like the third movie or whatever, and that they turned it down because, you know, they're a family. But they fucking forget that Vin Diesel disappeared for about four of those movies. You know what I mean? Like, he he was too yeah. famous to be in his own franchise for a while there. Yeah, he didn't like to do any more, uh, what was it? He didn't like to do any more sequels. Yeah. This guy wow. is just, I mean, he's really bitchy about it. <laughs> Well, you know what it is, because now he, he won't have, like, what else does he do? He ain't going to have a fucking job now for three years. Right. <laughs> and if he keeps pissing the rock off, they might kill him off in that movie. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, like, I'm pulling up his IMDb right now. Like, yeah. like I mean, yeah. He don't. Fast and the Furious is what he does. I'm sure he's not hurting for money, but he doesn't have anything else going on. No. He's got Fast and the Furious <clears throat> Nine, 2020, and in between Fast and the Furious Nine and Eight, he has something called Desert Eagle, which is just announced with no date on it. Right. <laughs> There's plenty I mean, of movies out there. Did you get another movie? Oh, these people need to remember that this franchise was on life support when The Rock showed up. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, he single-handedly revived the entire franchise. Hey, I, I got even better news for him. I didn't expect this thing to make it past three of these things. <laughs> so, you know, he's living on borrowed time as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh yeah, I mean, they they totally peaked with uh 4, 5 and 6. 
Now, he said, I didn't, he said, I didn't even like you in Baywatch. That's like. <laughs> what did he say? He said, I didn't like, like you in Baywatch. He was like personally insulting The Rock. Like, <laughs> Come on. Oh, that is too funny, man. Yeah. Well, maybe he wants to be relevant. He'll be mad again when they do the next Fast movie and they get The Rock to come back anyway. <laughs> oh, man. See, you, you got to write up something, Nick, for the website for that. That's funny, man. He's such a little bitch. Shit. Oh, man. oh, man. I might have to do that. I have some time tomorrow to kill. Oh <laughs> uh, man, that means I I I need to uh, join some Fast and the Furious uh, groups. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I joined the Crow groups. I'm waiting for that other one for you to finish. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes what happens, say, is that I get really excited about an idea, and then I just kind of, like, get really excited about another idea, and then another one, and eventually I work my way back around. Hmm. But I have, like, so many different things going right now. That's for sure. Because I can't focus on... A few of them, you know what I mean? Yeah, how many, uh, well, you got the, the, the new book getting ready to come out, the Halloween book. The Halloween book, October 1st, it was, it came out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I have one more, and then I don't really want to talk about it because of the animosity, but. I have a Christmas one coming out. I saw. I, that, I yeah. yeah. <laughs> just it's just say it's the not title. inappropriate. It's just say that you want me to give the, the title. Because I, 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 okay. I don't know if Jenny knows the title or not. <laughs> so it's not one of the inappropriate children's stories. We're we're doing like a separate section where it's, we're calling them twisted tales. So they're like. They're kid-friendly, but they're really kind of pushing the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this one is, uh, please don't pee on Santa Kringle. And, uh, you know, he who who shall not be named. (laughs) You'll like it. Like, I, I like Sensi artist facial shot to make sure to like the faces <laughs> were very similar. That's awesome. <laughs> oh. oh boy. Make sure I read it. But uh, that's like a full length um children's book. It's like thirty five pages or something like that. Please don't pee on Santa Kringle. 
and I took like some funny stories that I got from from that person, and then I incorporated some of my own and stuff. And yeah, it's, it's still that sort of rhyming couplet thing that I do with the inappropriate stories, but it's just longer. You know what I mean? Tells a more complete story. Yeah. And I think that's going to be it for the year. There's only so many I can promote at one time. You know what I mean? Like That becomes like, the, 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 the I think, like the worst part of that whole thing is like you're, you're pumping them out, but then it's like to promote multiple ones at once, it gets like fucking overbearing. Uh, you know think... what I mean? Like. I think at the end of the year we're gonna put them all together and do a uh, like a paperback. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be kind of neat. Maybe get some new art or something like that, or some additional pictures or something, uh, or like you know add a couple extra ones. But honestly, dude, the, the problem I'm running into is I have ideas and like half completed ones for like the next two years. You know what I mean? Like I can't afford wow. the artwork as fast as I can write them. Cause they're right, just right. about like everyday shit. You know what I mean? Like, sure. So that, that's the big thing right now is I, I figured I have to just slow down. I can't, if I have 10 different books to promote, none of them are going to get the proper amount of attention. You know what I mean? Now, how how are you promoting them? Like, how are you getting them oh, out there inside Facebook? Oh, dude, I I have like four different press release companies. I have the review things on Amazon. I'm trying to get the book featured on this uh, online book club. That like the book last month that was on that was featured on there sold 10,000 copies in the first day that it was featured on there. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, they have a huge audience as far as uh, like book lovers and stuff goes. So you have to submit, and then it gets reviewed, and then they decide, you know what I mean? Right. And then, like, to, to promote the heroin book, there's a whole different section of people that I, you know what I mean? Like, I, I need, like, Three assistants. Yeah. And that's uh, uh that, yeah. I mean it's truly the easy part of that whole thing is writing it. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly easy. it is. It's the whole flip side of fucking then trying to get it sold is the that's where the fucking work comes in. And it's crazy because like Amazon gives you all of the information, but I put I'll put one of the books on sale for like 24 hours. I'll make it free, and I'll go in and I'll look, and there will be like six thousand downloads. Holy shit! And then I'll go and I'll look at the number of pages read, and it's zero. Like people are just downloading free shit to their Kindles. And not even looking at it. You, you know what I mean? Like, Well, dude, uh, you know, that's funny because, like, when the whole Kindle thing first came out and Jess got a Kindle, she did the same exact thing. She was like, 
I got like 300 and something books. I'm like, that's great. You read zero. Right. <laughs> she, and that's exactly she, like, what's happening. Yeah. That's pretty wild that you, you can see how many pages people read. I, I didn't realize that. Well, yeah, because the way they have a program where if you sign up for the special program and you have to price your books in a certain way, that anybody that has Kindle Unlimited, they get any books that they want for free. So what they do is they keep track of the number of pages that are read, and I think it's every quarter there's three winners. There's whoever had the number one, the number two, and, like, the number three to most pages read, and they get cash prizes. It's, like, $10,000 for the winner. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But even so, uh, even with even with 6,000 people downloading it, and then you have, like, five people that re- actually read it, and maybe one of them would be willing to put up a review on Amazon. You know what I mean? So Now doesn't that like Get very disheartening Towards the whole thing kind of Like like, And I said in the beginning of the show Like I've kind of been like in in my head Like in limbo Like I just kind of like Right We're here now it's five years We're doing the show And um, I, I just feel kind of very stagnant lately you know what I mean? Like, wh- where do we go now? Where do we go from here? What the fuck do we do? Like, ha- how do we try to go up another rung of the ladder? And I- I'm kind of, like, at a loss. And I've just been very blah on the whole fucking situation lately. So, like, when when something like that happens, like, don't you feel kind of, like, the same way? It, it really, like, absolutely. Even today... I was looking at the the sales dashboard and I saw that yesterday there were no sales. And I was just like, for a minute there, I was like, if I can't get the people that are my friends or, or the people that talk to me every day, if I can't get them to spend $1.99 on a book once in a while, like how the fuck am I going to sell these to normal people? You, you know what right. I mean? But, right. but at the end of the day, I just, you just have to keep going, I guess. You know what I mean? It, it, at this point, it's either fucking keep going or get a job at McDonald's. Yeah. No, I hear you. I just, I, I have fun with what I do, so I, I try not to get too caught up in who, you know, how many copies get bought or... I, I just try to keep coming up with ideas to generate exposure. You know what I mean? Like the thing that me and Jess did generated exposure to a whole different group of people as, than, you know, the inappropriate stories. And hopefully the right. Santa thing will generate exposure in a different way and they'll start to cross over. And You know what I mean? Like a, just got to uh, keep going, really. I just... And then I think, like, the people that we, quote, unquote, you know, in our circle that support us or whatever, like, I don't know how to say this exactly, but, like, half of them, like, don't want to see you succeed anyway. 
You know what I mean? No, yeah, like, that's like, true. Like, yeah. Like, they're your friends and or, you know, sometimes family, whatever, and they sit, they're there to support you, but when push comes to shove, I mean, they're not going out of their fucking way to help you succeed. You know what no, I mean? No, yeah, like, yeah. So you just have to brush nah, I mean, family off, I think. I mean, I've totally really come to accept that. It, I, you know, I've come to accept that, but it's still disheartening. You know, it, it's still kind of, like you said, like, if I can't get somebody to buy one of these books for $1.99, how, how am I going to get, like, a normal person to, uh, to, to buy one? And it's just like, yeah, it's... You know. No, I mean I was there when my first book came out. I mean I I I was like, yo, this book is. I have three hundred family members on Facebook. You, they're all gonna want to buy a copy of it. I'm gonna get. You know what I mean? Like if I can get them all to leave a review, I, this will explode. And then of course it was like you got three orders. You know what I mean? And I was like, right. Oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, if it was me and somebody, you know, in my family did something successful, I would, well, you know, I, I praise Josh all the time and, and his project. And uh, you just have to, I mean, people suck. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, family or, or whatever. It's It just is what it is. Some people don't want to see you succeed. Some people are miserable. You, you know what I mean? Like, Whatever, dude. We just keep going. Like, you know, it's uh, there's a guy here who um, I went to high school with, and yeah. he right now is um, doing uh, an Aussie tribute band, and he's Aussie, and they're called the Land of Oz, and they're they're doing like fucking big venues and shit here in the Philadelphia area. Um, right. He's, so he's, I mean, he's being he's very fucking successful with this thing he's got going on right now. And um, he did a show here, I guess it was like, it might have been last weekend, at the ECW Arena. Okay. And I guess he didn't have too good of a turnout or whatever. And he went on this fucking rant trying to find it on his Facebook page. I'm wondering if he deleted it. He might have deleted it. <laughs> yeah. It looks like he deleted it. He went on a rant about, um, you know, how he's supported all these fucking people um, in the Philadelphia music scene and they don't support back and fuck you all and um, you know, we only play two shows here a year in the Philadelphia area, and I've created jobs for you people. I've got you paying gigs. I've come out and paid to see your bands, and you don't have the common decency to do the same thing for me. And I was just like, wow, dude, like, that's how it is. Like, people don't really give a shit. It, it really is, I, and I'll give you an example. Like, me and you are in a group of uh, people that have creative projects. They do, you know, writing and stuff like that. Say that there's, like, 12 people in this group. Every time 
we put out a project, every time you put out a book, every time I put out a book, every time somebody else puts out something, we should know that they're going to sell at least 11 copies of that. You know what I mean? Because we're supposed to, the whole point of it is that we're there supporting each other. You know what I mean? But, like, I see people leaving comments, and then I'll see that, like, all 12 people saw it, and nobody left the comments. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. 12, 12 people saw it, one person shared it. You know what I mean? Like, even the ones that say they want to help don't really want to fucking help. Right. Yeah. I, and, I, and I mean, no offense, like that group, like, I, I just can't even think or concentrate on anything that happens in that group because there's just so much, to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Crazy. But yet when you look at the, like the, the lady that we just had on, she had projects, multiple projects with different people that they were all working together and being successful. Everyone on, on this side is like, it's like they're eating at, at prison, you know what I mean, with one arm over it and the fork in their hand. They don't want yep. anybody near any piece of theirs, you know what I mean? Like, and that's crazy. That's, that's that's not how you were, you know what I mean? Like, you welcomed me right on right on board. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's not how we roll. That's, but I guess people aren't like that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't get it. Just keep plugging away, man. You know, and then, like, um, you know, we have a show like tonight. Like, the you know, the dude from The Shape, that band, cool band, cool dude, fun interview, good music. And Kimberly was just fucking awesome. So, I mean, it, like, and then our conversations, you know, that we have. Yeah. And, and I, I say this to my therapist every week, like, every week where I'm doubting myself and doubt the show and doubt the whole, <laughs> the whole brand. And, and then we have a show and then I'm just like, I'm in like, it, it just restores my faith in the whole fucking thing each week. No, I, and, and I get it, man. Like I, especially with everything you have going on, like, it's not even that you don't care about it. You're just like, you don't have any energy left. You know what I mean? You're just like, how am I going to do it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I get where you're coming from, dude. And, and trust me, like, I, I, but you keep doing it. You know what I mean? You keep returning the emails and then, then we have a show and hopefully, you know, it gets you recharged and, I think next week is gonna is gonna really hype you up. I'm yeah. like right now. I'm hyped. I'm right now. I'm hyped. I, I think like, and it's 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 you know my fault as, as usual. Like with this whole year between with this fucking between the illness bullshit and trying to do the show promotion and the magazine. Like I, I really tried to take on the fucking world this year and really make an impact. And I, I just ended up really just kicking my own fucking ass. Yeah, and, and honestly, dude, I think a lot of it just boils down to the fact that, like, our team is spread out. You know what I mean? Like, 
so much of yeah. that would have went so differently if we were able to, you know, be together and work together as a team. Like, that's like the one big drawback of, of the whole, you know, across the country thing. Right, right. This is true. So, all right, well, let's uh, I guess wrap it up because we're going to get cut off the air in about nine minutes. All right, man. So, uh, yeah, so thank you uh, thank you to Nick and thank you to Jeanette. You still there, Jeanette? You've been quiet now the last uh, ten minutes. Yep, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, if we were going to – dude, if we were going to stay on this long, you should have done the damn – <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That was 50 minutes ago. We don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You know, that, that, like like moments like this, it, it's where I, I get like half tempted to say, you know, like because then I I, I know we could. Like I, I, the times I just want to say, you know what? Let's let's do two shows a week. Let's let's do Tuesdays and Thursday right. nights. You know what I mean? Like because I no. I know we could fucking book it up with guests and shit. And, but yeah, my my fucking my brain couldn't handle. No. And, and plus I, yeah. And then I I do the fucking Sunday night show. Like so now, like after tonight, and when I when I hit end show for this. And now tomorrow I'll be, I start putting together the the pieces to promote for Sunday night. And then I'm starting to put write down my song list for Sunday night and getting music together. And uh, no, I, I get it, dude. So, I love it. In other words, good night. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. Until next time. See ya. Stay driven. Toodaloo. Hasta la vista. Bye-bye. Good night, everybody.